0: Good to have you here 3 and Out on this Friday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you're making us a part of your day. So much to get you. Scott Baer going to join us atlantafalcons.com. We'll look at the Falcons' schedule. Obviously, the rookies going through minicamp uh, at the moment uh, as well, and uh, who stood out early on and what can we expect there out of Flowery Branch. So a lot of that to get to, some college football. Uh, you want to talk about, uh, obviously, with a number of these conferences, meetings, getting done in a lot of columns, discussion, et cetera, about what's to come with college athletics, college football, and is there a growing disparity that may not be able to be overcome? We'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit. But, Ben, good to have you along, man. It's, it's Friday the 13th on top of all that. So we have walked under our ladders, broken our mirrors, and there's the, uh, there's a black cat running around the studio as we speak.
1: Oh yeah, Kevin, you know how it is. Friday, you know, any any, I mean, how many people called out today and was <laughs> like, hey man, it's Friday the 13th. But what, what, what about Thursday the 12th? You called out yesterday too. <laughs> well, you know, so I just think, but yeah, Kevin, I mean, I know we were talking about it before the show. We, you know, there are certain things, right, that we have, you know, that we try our best to like not get caught up in, like, it's a national day every single day. Now, Christian, make sure we uh I don't Christian go care, make sure we take part in that, but Friday the 13th, I know we're going to get into these superstitions a little bit later on in the show. But, Kevin, like I said, I realize I'm not superstitious. I just know a lot of superstitious people that I took on their superstitions. And isn't it crazy that superstitious people think you're crazy for not being superstitious? Yeah. I like, do. You might want to do this. I'm like, well, dude, you've been doing all this all this time. I said, listen, man, I'm going to get a guy that can count real good. and I'm going to take him to Vegas and I'm going to get right. Yeah, you That's better,
0: my better not be throwing salt over your shoulder. Like I don't even know what that is. Oh yeah, it, or is it, that it, the it, counteraction? Is, is salt over the shoulder the counteraction to a a super, I don't even know. Hit us up at Pigskin no, Radio. No. I know the salt. There's something with salt. Uh, whatever.
1: Listen, I, listen, I, listen. I've been to a wedding and people threw rice, and I've been to a wedding and people threw sunflower seeds. People like, I mean, and li- literally. So I'm like, look, I I don't. Kevin, look, I I am happy that the fact that I'm a, I'm not around all those superstitious people because once they tell you one. They got to tell you every last one of them. I'm like, I said, dude, look, the guy that won the lottery, right, or whoever won the lottery, it wasn't because they, they, you know, they waited out. They was lucky, just like anybody else. Don't break that glass. <laughs> oh my god, I, I, I just—they always say, don't yeah. do it after you've done it. Seven I mean, years of that.
0: bad luck. Like I'm gonna forget after seven minutes that I did it. Much less worry about what's <laughs> happening over the next seven years. But no, we'll get to that coming up. Just so it was scheduled release day. The worst-kept secret in a number of ways on the National Football League, Ben, and we want to take some time to you know, just look at what that laid out there for the Falcons and, and the Jags. First, looking at the Falcons, we knew before it came out yesterday, Saints and uh, Falcons going to open up the season there in Atlanta. I think some of the things to uh, take note of that stand out to me, Ben, one primetime game, and I don't, I mean, it is primetime, but... I feel like at this point the Thursday night football game is kind of the disgraced game of the week. At least again, it's it's professional football. I'm not saying the players are bad. I'm not saying the teams are bad, but it's got that stigma of like, oh God, you guys are playing on Thursday night. Like that's the best we could do this week. Is uh, you know, it's Falcons Panthers by the way. <laughs> so and not Matt run. and it ain't it's Matt run. Ryan versus Cam. It's Mariota versus. Sam whoever, Darryl? yeah, Sam Darnold maybe. So, yeah, so one primetime game for the Falcons. It's on a Thursday. They're not on Thanksgiving. I wish they have been at times, and they are on Christmas Eve. They're not part of the uh, Christmas Day uh, package uh, in the National Football League because Christmas falls on a uh, on a Sunday. So, uh, you look at that. Only a couple of four fifteen games. I did. I will say when you look at the schedule, Ben, you get for all the when you, the worst you do. The more even your schedule, the more fair your schedule. The the Falcons got both teams in the Super Bowl, right? They get the Rams and the Bengals. Thanks. Thanks for coming. Uh, And you wonder sometimes why, But, but again, look at this Falcon schedule. I think the other quirk that stands out, Ben, as you said, is no thanks, Roger Goodell and the people that do scheduling. And I understand you got, I understand for, for various reasons, they got to stretch it out the way they do, but the Falcons do not get a bye until week 14. Week 14, when they come back, there's four games left. They play the whole season, basically, before they get to a bye week. And as you said, we were talking pre-show, Ben. You said, that you might as well not even have a bye week at that point. Right? Hey, coach, we're tired. we played 13 straight weeks. Well, hey, after this bye week, we only got four left. Well, there's no way. We're, we're still going to be tired uh, when it's all said and done. What stands out to you, Ben, about this, uh, this Falcons schedule on first look?
1: I mean, Kevin, I mean, it's, it's, it's brutal. I mean, think about this. Your first game was the Saints. That 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 could, that could go either way. Then you got the Rams. Then you got the then you got the Seahawks, the Browns, that can go either way, right? The Bucks, that's going to be a loss. 49ers, that that's probably not going to be good. Then you got the Bengals, the Panthers, the Chargers, the Panthers. This is the thing, right? You got you got the Bears, the Commanders, and the Steelers. After the bye, as you mentioned Kevin, you got the Saints, the Ravens on Saturday, the Cardinals and the Bucks. I don't know who did this schedule, but it's rough. Like, this like this schedule is rough, rough. The 49ers, the Bengals, the Rams, the Seahawks, the Ravens, the Cardinals. Dude, you get the NFC West and the AFC North. All I'm saying is, people, Marcus Mariota, listen to me. You're going to earn every dollar. You hear me? You're going to earn every single cent. But, Kevin, I will say this. You said something. This team won seven games last year. Right. Matty Ice had a lot to do with that. He had a lot to, because he's very, very stable. Uh, I don't know what the stability is this year. And like I said, I mean, the only thing Atlanta's not doing is playing overseas. That's all that I mean. And, and they said, listen, ain't nobody trying to see that. What you mean? Ain't nobody trying to. Because the thing about it is, is they're going to be saying Matt Ryan and Marcus Mariota got his jersey on. No, that's 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 Marcus Mariota. Matt Ryan got the wrong jersey on. No, no, no. No, he plays for the Colts now. It's gonna, Kevin. I don't know. I don't know what uh what you know what to make of Arthur Smith this year. But if he can get seven wins, this schedule is Saints, Rams, Seahawks, Browns, Bucks, 49ers, Bengals, Panthers, Chargers, Panthers, Bears, Commanders, Steelers, and you get a bye. What a buy in a bye in week 14, Kevin. It's like getting a bonus after you put your 2 weeks in. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got 2 weeks left at work. Y'all, I mean, we want to give you a bonus. What? And y'all tax me on that and we're going to put it in the mail. What? No, I'm not, I'm not I'm not dealing with it. Kevin, like I said, I don't know who the schedule makers are. But isn't it seem like the best teams get the easiest schedules and the worst teams stay the worst teams because they get the, some of the yeah. hardest schedules? And again, I, I think it's, you know it's crazy.
0: I'm not here to say like, oh, whoa, is I, and again because you're all playing NFL caliber teams. Like I think when people hear like, hey, we're supposed to have an easier schedule, like there is no quote easy schedule uh, on paper in the National Football League. But I think it's how those games are stacked, right, uh, to, to me. So you open the season against the Saints. That's the rival game. I'm with you, Ben. You could very well start out 1-0. You're at home. It's opening day. Uh, it's, it's 9-11. I'm sure there'll be some kind of, uh, you know, uh, memorial over there with the NFL. But you open against the Saints. Then you go to the West Coast. And, again, people talk about those West Coast trips. It's Atlanta to the West Coast. You go to the, the Rams. And then you turn around and play at Seattle, so you're going to come home, or you're going to just stay out there? Probably stay I, I out mean, there. I
1: they're they're, they're they're probably going to just. Yeah, but traditionally, stay out there. but
0: traditionally, Seattle is a place where Atlanta has not played well, because again, it's a, a, about as far of a West Coast trip as you could possibly go on if you are uh, if you're Atlanta uh, up there to Seattle. So I look at those two and say, are you better than Seattle? Maybe, but it's a West Coast trip. You're on the road for two weeks. A lot of chances to get distracted. What have you? I, that, that's an interesting game to pick. Then you come back home against the Browns. Again, who knows? That You want to deal with Deshaun Watson, but you're going to have to block but, Miles Garrett, and that, and that, and that might just... But, I'm just saying, wow. but, 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 but the Browns have all the talent and some and don't seem to live up to it. So I think you look at it, and you look at the first five weeks. Saints, Super Bowl champs, West Coast trip to Seattle, the Browns and the Bucks. I think best-case scenario, there been your two and three. Best-case yeah. scenario, right? I, I mean, you know, if I you're mean, better well, than that, you're then, obviously then, shocked well, some people.
1: Kevin, when I'm reading it, I'm reading it I'm reading more like this. James Winston, right? Matthew Stafford, Drew Locke, Jacoby Brissett, and the GOAT. Then you got Jimmy Garoppolo, Joe Burrow, Sam Darnold, Justin Herbert, and Sam Darnold again. Uh, then you got uh, Justin Fields, uh, Carson Wentz, Mitch Trubisky. James Winston, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. the go now, some of these quarterbacks gonna make it so they can win some of these games. But the Falcons team, they're they're not better than nobody they playing, and and that's and that's and that's not that's not saying they can't be Kevin. Cause think about this: every
0: <laughs> so you're calling it for one car, in sixteen. Is that what you're saying? One. No, and no, 16? no, 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 no.
1: Could this, this thing, Kevin. I mean, I will say this: you got enough pride in the Atlanta Falcons organization. They're they not doing that. Like, ain't nobody trying to... Because, Kevin, this thing, right? People go, it is harder to go 0-17 than it is to go 17-0. But, oh, it's extremely hard to go over. The greatest receiver... One of the greatest receivers in NFL history, Calvin Johnson, played for a 0-16 team. That's when you know Detroit is awful. They had Calvin Johnson. They went 0-16. So, I just think, for me, Kevin, look, because any... Kyler Murray, that could go either way, but when you got Drew Lock, when you got Mitchell Trubisky, when you got uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, when you got James Winston, you know, when you got Carson Wentz, uh, you know, you got a chance to maybe win some of those games. Now, that, now I, that young defense gonna have to gonna have to step up for the Falcons, but. The 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 schedule makers they ain't doing no yeah, favors. and it uh, Kevin, it wouldn't <laughs> matter if they played the Browns in Detroit every other game. It's gonna be a long season for them. Five.
0: I yeah. I mean I, I I get that part, uh, but you know I I think obviously you want to start as as well as you possibly could. The the odds makers don't like Atlanta very much. I, I looking at the uh, the action networks at the over under on the win totals for Atlanta. They've got five, and that's down from five and a half. So. You got five wins. Does this look like a a five and, what is that, five and 12 type football team? And, and again, we talked about this because you don't know with Arthur Smith how it's going to turn out. I mean, obviously you could say you had Matt Ryan, and that is a huge difference uh, maker, Ben. But, I mean, he won seven games with a roster that was pretty terrible. Right? I mean, you look at that and say your star linebacker didn't play very well. Foye Aluakun had the most God. tackles in the league, and God. he was. But he was an undrafted guy that you brought in uh, to stay with the Falcons the last couple of years. He's and he's now gone. I get it; you could be worse. But uh, undrafted guy led your team of tackles. Wide receiver was a disaster last year. You mm-hmm. went out and drafted one. You addressed it where you could in free agency. Uh, offensive line was pretty terrible. You addressed that kind of. Where you could, and in the draft with uh, Justin Schaefer. Defensive line was a disaster. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm saying you start thinking about it and go. Okay, it was Matt Ryan. Well, look around, Matt Ryan. It was terrible. It was. I mean, was Matt Ryan the reason? So, so basically, what I'm asking: is, is Matt Ryan worth two wins? Because yeah. they got seven yeah. with a a a a roster that was god awful, and you would hope with a first round receiver that maybe your offense is better. Defensively, you went and addressed a defensive end. I mean, could Arthur Smith coach him back to 7 and 10? And would that be a heck of a coaching job? Again, I am not I am not saying the Falcons are going to go to the playoffs. But looking at this schedule, being generous and saying some things go right and a little improvement on the defensive line and offensive line where they were dead last and a lot of kind of... Could you coax seven wins out of that being generous with this Falcons team?
1: Yeah. Uh- if, if you win some game, if you win some game, you're definitely supposed to lose. Because Kevin, think about this. Last year, right? Last year, Matty Ice had 3,968 yards and he had 20 touchdowns. Cal Pitts accounted for zero of those. Think about that. Cal Pitts didn't have not one touchdown.
0: No, he didn't have one.
1: I'm sorry, he did have he one. Had one so he, yeah, and that, and that was overseas. So, yeah. So so what I'm saying is, Kevin, when I'm going through the schedule, only thing, the only thing that's making me have any type of hope is the quarterbacks. The Saints, you get James Winston, that can go either way. The Rams, that's a loss. You're not beating them. The Seahawks got Drew Locke. You might get a win right there. The Browns gonna have Jacoby Bissett you know, or Joshua Dobb, because Deshaun Watts is gonna probably be suspended. So that's that's probably you you got a shot. You're not beating the Bucks. You're not beating them. now. The thing about the 49ers is even if you can beat them, you can't move the ball on. They can't, they're not gonna move the ball, so that's gonna be a loss. The Chargers – I mean, no, I'm sorry. Then after that, you got the Bengals, the Panthers. So you go Joe Burrow, you go Sam Darnold, you go Justin, Kevin, I mean, they're going to have to find a way to beat the Panthers twice, beat the Saints once, beat the Seahawks, beat the Browns, maybe the Commanders, and maybe the Bears. Because they got a second year quarterback. It, I will say this. I hate saying giving mediocre uh, expectations for it and say it was a win season, Kevin, but if Arthur Smith can get the seven wins this year, oh, that's a hell of a job, especially when you got a guy, Marcus Mariota, who I can't remember the last time he made uh, a start in the NFL. You got, I, in my opinion, the worst of the five first-round uh, receivers taken. I mean, Drake London, I don't know if he's better than the other guys that went behind him. And at the end of the day, your best defensive end might be a rookie. Man, it's going to be... A, it's going to be. Because, Kevin, they said that the, the, uh, the running backs at Atlanta... They threw an event the other day, and ain't nobody know who the hell they was. Like, they was like, hey, man, the Atlanta Falcons running back throwing the event. Well, what Cordell at? No, he played receiver now. <laughs> so, all I'm saying is, Kevin, you know, just like I know, Kevin, you know how, like, you got a bad team, you got to say motivational things in front of them. But when they walk out, they go, we are going to get, whoo, it is going to get ugly all season. Now, if they, can get, if they can start off the season with a win, maybe that momentum, because if they start out 0-1-1, hmm. It, it, which very likely, it's probably it's, go, it's going to be a long season regardless. But, Kevin, it's once again, it's going to be how they look in defeat. Are they just sure. getting the brakes beat off of them, or are they actually being competitive?
0: And, again, that's a long way with the Falcons. We know we'll open up against the Saints, the Jags. Well, nobody was doing them any favors either in uh, in the scheduling department. We'll get to that when we come back. Scott Baer, AtlantaFalcons.com, will join us as well. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here three and out on this Friday. Schedule release day yesterday in the National Football League. And of course, we looked at the Falcons schedule. Scott Baer will join us coming up in just a little bit as we'll uh, talk some Falcons rookie minicamp going on and first day for the rookies to get out there on the field. And uh, Ben, you look at uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars schedule, though, as uh, we, we flip over to them. They open up with the Commanders, which we kind of knew was going to happen through, again, the almighty leaks yesterday. But much like the Falcons, they get just one primetime game. And again, surprise, surprise, it's Thursday. And again, surprise, surprise, it might be the worst game they (laughs) play all season long. It's Thursday night against the Jets. Good luck with that, uh, uh, trying to to do that. But again, this is a a Jags team where the head coach, the GM, have come out and said, we're not picking first again. We've done that back-to-back, and I know... I heard Christian talking about hey you got to get out of the loser mentality uh if you want to become a a winner and stop worrying about draft picks however out the gate you get the commanders could be a, a winnable game then you've got the Colts Chargers and Eagles right after that so I'm you know I'm thinking best scenario even if you get great coaching from Doug Peterson like one and three right I mean one and three through that stretch then you get Houston the Colts and the Giants so that's through week seven. Couple of winnable games. I don't know how good the Giants are really going to be. That might be a uh, a winnable game uh, there for for Jacksonville. Then you've got a stretch bin where I don't know if I'm jag- Even if you're improved, where where are you finding traction? Week eight through week twelve. This is what you get: the Broncos overseas in London. Then you get Las Vegas. On the, on, the flip, on, on, the, on the comeback. So you get Denver in London, and then the next week have to play the Raiders. Then you've got the Chiefs, an off week to recoup from all that, and then, and then the Baltimore Ravens coming out of a bye before you get Detroit uh, and Tennessee. To me, that stretch right there, to me, sets up how Jacksonville could go. right. If you could win a, one of those games, and again, you're talking about the toughest division maybe, uh, most competitive division in football there with uh, the Broncos, Raiders, Chiefs. You get Lamar Jackson at the end of that. But you finish with the Texans and the Titans a few times. Uh, the Titans a few times down the stretch. The Jets. I mean, there's a chance for Jacksonville to finish strong. But I don't know in the first half of that schedule where they're getting a lot of dubs. Uh, Vegas has the line, and I think, six wins for Jacksonville. So that would be six and nine, a three-win improvement over what Urban Meyer did. Ben, do you see that? I mean, I
1: I can definitely see it because I, I only come back to the quarterback situation, Kevin. I mean, ain't this crazy? You got to watch the Commanders. That old Carson Wentz just can't get away from these uh, these Jaguars. So you got Carson Wentz week one. That's a very winnable game because I just think Carson Wentz been on three teams in three years. But then you got the coach, Matty Ice. Woo! Man, let me tell you something. The coach roster is much improved with a guy like Matty Ice, Michael Pittman Jr. You talk you talk about you know what. Uh, you know, I mean, different, I mean, you got guys on the defense that's definitely going to be getting after getting after. But then you got the Chargers. The thing about the Chargers is while they've underwhelmed that division and haven't made the playoffs, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Justin Herbert, they got a squad. Oh, and you got to deal with Derwin James and, the, and, and one of the two Bosa brothers to go along with. Oh, what's that, what's that guy's name? Return of the Mac. <laughs> Khalil Mac is now out there with the Chargers. Then, Kevin, you got Philadelphia. Now, this thing about Philly. Philly is much improved because they got AJ Brown, you know, and obviously you talk about you know talking about a team that's definitely got postseason aspirations. That defense, though, who gonna block uh Jordan Davis? Oh, that would be nobody. That nobody on that offensive line. And then you're gonna have Nicole Dean out there. Who gonna block Fletcher Cox? Who, who gonna get open on Darius Slay? It's gonna be a long game. Now, Houston, now this is the way you can pad your stats a little bit, right? Because Houston is always going to be that wild card team, Kevin. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Um, Damian Pierce plays there because he played in Florida. And I, I don't really know nobody. Oh, oh, uh, Derek Stingley Jr. He plays there, third overall pick. Outside of that, you should be able to beat them. Here come the Colts again, Matty Ice, the Giants. Let me tell you something. If you can't beat the Giants, it's going to be a long year. Can't beat Daniel Jones and company, it's going to be a long year. Kevin, you, Kevin, but then you mention that gauntlet? Russell Wilson. Derek Carr, Patrick Mahomes, a bye week, and Lamar Jackson. I don't care what these schedule makers say, man. You don't do that, nobody. You got dope, <laughs> so you got so you got a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl winner, Derek Carr, who's taking his team to the playoffs even when um, even when John Gruden was gone. A Super Bowl MVP and regular season MVP in Patrick Mahomes, and a regular season MVP in Lamar Jackson. That's going to be rough. Now Detroit, you should be able to beat Jared Goff and company. But then here it comes, Kevin. You got to you got to be able to stop number twenty two for the Titans. Then you got the then you got the biggest brand in football with the Dallas Cowboys. Should be able to beat Zach Wilson in the Jets. Here come Houston again. Here come the Titans. I mean, six wins from a three win team previously sounds very doable. I, I'm going to learn a lot about Trevor Lawrence. The company has uh, uh, a healthy uh, Travis Eichen, Evan Ingram, Zach Jones, Christian Kirk, but. Kevin this is going to be the Travon Walker show. If Travon Walker can show why he should have been the number 1 overall pick and can get some constant pressure to go along with Josh Allen on the other side cuz you got some big timeline back behind you. We'll see, but I I do think this schedule listen, compared to the Falcons. Now I know I know <laughs> I know that I know I know that 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 gauntlet of, you know, Denver, you know, uh, you know, Denver and you know Denver and like uh Kansas City. I, I yeah. get that. But they got a shot. Carson wins. You should be able to find a beat, beat the uh, you know beat the um beat the uh, what beat the Texans twice, beat the Commanders, you know find find listen find a way to get because this is the thing about it, Kevin. Find a way to beat the Titans. You're not going to win the division, but if you can't find a way to show the Titans, the Titans, the Titans beat up on the uh, the Titans beat up on um uh Jacksonville like the Colts <laughs> beat up on the Titans right? So we'll see
0: what happens. And again, that's a quick look at the uh, the jag schedule. We'll come back. Scott Bear said to join us at AtlantaFalcons.com We'll look at the schedule. Rookies out there on the field for the first time for Atlanta as well. Scott Bear joins us next. It's 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here on 3 and Out on this Friday afternoon. Kevin Thomas has been Glad you are with us. Thanks for making us a part of your day and a lot to get to here on the show. We were uh, efforting Scott Bear uh, to join us here on the program, Ben, but we've had to uh, to reschedule. He's had something uh, come up. I know the Falcons just apparently made a move for a uh, a wide receiver from the Raiders, so that might be why they're trading. Uh, the Raiders are trading Brian Edwards or Edwards to the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Terms not disclosed. So apparently that happening in the last handful of minutes. Uh, they're out of Flowery Branch.
1: Brian was former former South Carolina game cop. That that's a that's a big gig, Kevin, because once again, right? You remember how we were saying, okay, you what type of what type of player are they going for? Obviously, going for a big body receiver. Now, Brian Elvis ain't got the big name like a Devontae Adams. He don't got a big name like a Tyreek Hill, right? But you got a guy, you got a guy, Kevin, for which obviously we covered what now two years ago now, coming out of South Carolina, a guy that could definitely when he's at his best, you know, I, I think what happens is when we talk about uh, polished receipts in the NFL, I don't judge every wide receiver on Jerry Rice. I don't judge every young superstar in baseball on Ron LaCunha. No, no, no. That's that's the 1%. I'm talking about the other 99%. So you're giving me a guy that's obviously proven, obviously a guy who understands that, look, he probably asked the Raiders for, for a trade, saying, look, all right, I'll, I'll go. And, uh, and, Kind of grew up around the Georgia, South Carolina area, so hey, that's a big get for a guy that's still, I think, on his rookie deal. Because Kevin, like I said, they was looking around saying, "Who do we really want to help tutor?" Uh, uh, you know, uh, London, Drake, London, Alden, you know, Alden Tate, or maybe like a Brian Elway. That's a that's a big get. I mean, now, now Kevin, see, this is what happens. Now I got to go look at the look at the look at the Raiders table, see what type of player Brian Ellis has become since he's been in the league. But that's a good get, especially when Terry Fontenot in the front office ain't, ain't working with a lot of money. They still finding a way to get themselves better. Hey, Brian Ellis get a shot to go out there compete uh, in a uh, in training camp in preseason for a starting job. Yeah,
0: third round pick in twenty twenty out of South Carolina by the Raiders. So a 6'3 wide receiver, been another tall. 6'3, 215 pound uh wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons. So that move. Don't know what they what they gave up uh in order to uh, to get him as of yet Ben, but obviously they're looking for more receiver help for their offense, uh, and they're making that move here within the last 10 minutes or so uh to uh to shore up their their wide receiver. Obviously, Ben you're looking around if you make a move like this ahead of training camp after the draft, after free agency, you're looking around saying, We're still not happy with what we got, right? I mean, you're looking around saying, look. Okay, we got wide receivers, but we're still not happy with what we have. You go out and make this move. Be interested to see what the Falcons gave up to make this happen.
1: Well, I will say, if you are in that locker room, you got to start asking yourself, you are Arden, Tayden, and company. You're saying to yourself, look, man, everybody needs competition. Obviously, Drake London is going to eventually be the starter. Half because of the way he got drafted, and the other half because I want to know what I got. Brian Edwards is a former third-round pick uh, coming out of South Carolina back in 2020. He's a guy that, I mean, I'm looking at his stats. I mean, in his career, 45 catches, 764 yards, averaging 17 yards a catch and four touchdowns. Now, that 17 yards a catch is definitely going to go down dramatically when he becomes more of a focal point. But everybody wants to know, can I be a headliner? Why right? Everybody wants to know, can I be Batman? And, Kevin, you know what you're like, I know. When it comes to a guy like Brian Edwards, look. We don't know. We don't know what type of player he is. Obviously, we don't cover the Raiders like we do like we do the Fathers, But he's definitely going to get a shot to go out there and compete in training
0: camp. I'll just—I went and looked it up while you were talking. There have been 13 games started last year for Las Vegas. 16 games played. 571 yards. 34 catches. So uh, he's a guy that averaged 16.8 yards a reception as a rookie. Uh, averaged 17 and a half yards a reception. So we talked about this early in the week. You have a guy's that are big, that are physical, can they stretch the defense? Maybe this is a guy they looked at and said, I mean, he's averaging over 15 yards a catch. That's a guy that's going to go downfield versus, you know, Drake London who may be more of a let's get him to a spot and let him out physical for the football.
1: Well, Kevin, the thing about it is, I mean, you know you know what Arthur Smith knows? He's an SEC catcher. He said, wait a minute, man. I want <laughs> I want as many SEC players as I can. I don't care if they're former SEC players. I, I can bring in a guy – he can't listen. 6'3, 215. That's 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 decent size. That's incredible. That, that's excellent height. A guy that definitely wants to go out there and say, Hey, I know I wasn't getting the ball thrown to me that much when I was in the Raiders offense. That's before they got Devontae Adams. Well, now they got Devontae Adams. And they, they I mean, you know, when you're talking about Hunter Renfro, oh, and there's a guy by the name of Darren Waller. There's only so many balls to go around. So he said, Let me go take my chance in at Atlanta Falcons' team that's gonna give me an opportunity to go out there and get it done. And for him being a third-round pick shows that he has value and he and he wants to prove his value. So, yeah, Kevin, I like it. I give Terry Fontenot a lot of credit being able to try to maneuver, you know, the, the couple of dollars he got up in that front office.
0: Here is uh, the latest as of about 45 seconds ago from Adam Schefter. So, the Raiders give Brian Edwards to the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons uh, also get a 2023 seventh-round draft pick uh, in this deal, and the Atlanta Falcons are sending a – 2023 fifth round draft pick. So you get Brian Edwards, you give up a seventh and get a fifth. Or no, you get a seventh and give up a fifth, excuse me, for that uh, for that swap.
1: No, no, great, listen, great job by Terry Fondo. Because, Kevin, something we always kept saying about Terry Fondo is was he going to maneuver to be able to bring in guys? Like, it's easy to bring them in when you got a boatload of cash. Now, I speak of boatload of cash. In the 2023, that Julio money, I think that Matty Ice money, a lot of that stuff falls off the books. They're going to have a lot of money to spend. So basically, a lot of these guys coming in on one-year deals are saying Lorenzo Carter of the world. Hey, can I go out there and have a big year and sign a big contract with Atlanta? But hey, Kevin, they're bolstering. Basically, I think the shortest receiver is 6'2". And that might be Cordero Patterson. You go 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", 6'5". And I want to say Kyle Pitts is like six five, six six. Hey, they're going to definitely look more like the Hawks and the Falcons, but they better go out there and get it done on Sunday. I like the move.
0: Hey, uh, and again, so that one happening uh, kind of apropos. We were set to have Scott Bear on, and obviously that happened, and uh, Scott chasing that story, uh, obviously, as well. So the Falcons getting a little bit more wide receiver help uh, in Brian Edwards uh, this afternoon. Been the rookies' first time out there uh, on the field in Flowery Branch uh, the last couple of days. Again, it's shorts. In helmets. You don't get to see anything. It's just, you know, just the rookies, but uh, obviously you have Desmond Ritter. He's going to get out there and be able to work with Drake London. So you got a couple of things, I I guess, of of intrigue as they get up to speed. And uh, as you said, Drake London going to be asked to contribute in a big way. I think if Desmond Ritter goes out there, you kind of look at the season and throw your hands up and say (laughs) 2023 time, but uh, because he's going to be learning on the job. But I'm uh, excited to see what some of these rookies do because I think much like Jacksonville, uh, okay, Desmond Ritter, you don't necessarily need out there, but outside of the hit rate from last year, you need some of these guys to play and make contributions. I know year two for some of the draft picks last year is going to be big, but in terms of being a significant contributor, didn't have a whole lot of that from last year's draft class. Probably going to need a little bit more of that from this year's draft class.
1: Absolutely, Kevin. I mean, it, 2020, listen 2021 and 2022 are going to be microcosms of each other. These 2022 draft picks, if you are a high draft pick like Drake London, you know, like Art, like owner Ebakiti, you're going to have to go out there and make it happen and make it happen early. Kevin, to think about it, Desmond Ritter is, they want to see what they got. Like, they're not expecting him to come in and push for starting reps right now, but they want to know, hey, man, is he going to be ready for the season? Or, or, once again, do they got to go and look for uh, the trade for another quarterback? Because Brian Edwards is already getting traded during rookie minicamp. You know what that means? Hey man, some of these rookies, they ain't really looking like we thought they was going to look. So I do think that, you know, being a key contributor on any football team is hard. Being a role player on any football team is hard, but vying for snaps and plays being called for you is the hardest thing there is to do. And Kevin, I'm happy that we don't got all this. That they don't got all this visibility. Because if y'all would have saw me back in 2004, they would have been like, "Who in the world?" It's number 86. I'm like, "Yeah, he awful. Get 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 him out of here now." So I, I I just think that you want to know what you got in rookie mini camp. You want to know who who got a shot. Because like you said, helmets and shorts is not football. Pads is football. But I at least want to show some promise. Because right now they just throwing a bunch, of, a bunch of information, Madam. See how they uh how how, how, how do you absorb the information? How do you apply it when you out there on the field?
0: Absolutely. Again, uh, so the Falcons making that move. We will have uh, more on that as we go throughout the show. But the Falcons getting uh, Brian Edwards and a seventh-round pick. They send a fifth-round pick in next year's draft to the Las Vegas Raiders. So we've got more to come here. It is 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here, 3 and Out. On this Friday, Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, thanks for making us a part of your day. Coming up next week, next Saturday, we've got our ESPN Diabetes 5K, May 21st. It'll be at the Landings Club. Go to ESPNCoastal.com. Get yourself uh, registered for uh, a chance, not a chance, to just get yourself registered to run or walk in our Diabetes 5K Raising Money to help uh, supply insulin to those who cannot afford it. Obviously, if you're an insulin-dependent diabetic, uh, you have got to have it or... That's it. You have to have it. It is uh, life-saving uh, medication. You must have it to uh, to continue on. So we encourage you to go out, sign up, uh, and come and run and walk with us next Saturday at the Landings. Our ESPN Diabetes 5K coming up a week from tomorrow. Looking forward to that, Ben. And
1: hey, Kevin, I mean, have you given in to the peer pressure? Are you indeed going to walk or brisk
0: walk yeah, in the 5K? I, I think I will. I will, uh, I will. I will. It's not really the peer pressure. I will just say I have thought about it. I'm not running because I've not you know I just don't like to run uh, but I will probably go out there and uh get my exercise in and, and contribute to uh to uh to the cause that we're raising money for so hey absolutely uh, I know a lot of folks who are uh diabetics and certainly those who can't afford that that insulin they need to have that opportunity to get it and uh, hopefully we raise a, a little bit to be able to buy some of that and uh, help folks in our community so yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and do it I, I can't promise I'm going to run I just I don't know. That's just not not something I do. I, I ran a lot when I was a kid. Not so much as an, as an adult. Yeah, I mean, it's one, one of mean, those look, things. At the,
1: end, at the end of the day, Kevin, look, I, I should have learned from you for the first time I ever, you know, involved in a 5K. You was like, listen, you want to go out there with BJ? Fine, you know, like, is this? Look at my face. My face is gonna look like this now. And when you get to the finish line, your face. Well, you know, I've learned my I've learned my lesson though. I mean, if I do, like I said, shout out to Cody James Queen. He, he he you know he he, uh, he, sl- he knocked some sense into me the next year when I went out there and just walked. Cause like you say, Kevin, it's not it's not about how fast you go. Cause they're gonna be some runners out there that you really want to know what it's like to be a runner, not just for sport but for leisure, for enjoyment. They're gonna be out there moving. I ain't trying. To, I'm not trying to put myself on that type of pressure. <laughs> but yes, I I will go out there and just walk a, a nice walk, Kevin. Finish line, get a nice little clap. Keep it simple because. I don't want to be sleeping all day after I get back to the yeah, house. I will,
0: uh, I will uh I will I will pull a uh, BJ Bennett on you, Ben. I will I will walk and then when we get to the last 15 feet, I will run ahead of you to say I beat oh, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I beat oh, you yeah. I
1: beat you. Oh yeah, you look, you look out like like well, what's that? Take off. Run yeah. through the finish line. Hey man, at the end of the day, it's how you look coming through the finish <laughs> line. But yeah, the 5K go to ESB Make sure you get signed.
0: Hey, up. don't think I'm not above that pettiness.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Listen, I will say this.
0: We walked the together, then the last we, little bit, bye, and then uh, I beat you. Oh,
1: yeah. I can okay, hold that over here. you. Kevin, you taught your sons a very valuable lesson. We was doing old man football. You was like, listen, I know I'm your dad, but until I allow you to beat me, you will get dominated and you will go home and tell your mom, <laughs> yes, I dominated
0: you. Yes, I don't care. Hey, I mean, look, it is what it is. You got to win any way you can take it. Look, and I will say, for all the all the folks that like to retweet and and, and re-drop the 35-yard uh, the 30, 40 that I did not finish, uh, you know. I was the only one of the radio crew willing to do it that day. Yeah, yeah. Somebody said, hey, do you want to go run a 40? I said, well, not really, but I will. You know, I, so I just walked over there. I, did, I didn't have my high-performance cleat. Not that it would have mattered, but, I mean, I didn't have my, I didn't have my cleats on. I didn't even I didn't even stretch. That was probably really stupid. Kevin said I'm a cheater. Cheetahs don't stretch. I just get out there. Yeah, I did. I got on the line, and like I said, everybody goes, "What happened?" And it's like I didn't roll in a in a in a hole or anything. Like nothing like that happened. Like I was literally just running, and the first thought that came to my mind was, "My God, I am running incredibly slow." Like I did like that. That's just what. Yeah. Like and so then you quit thinking about it, and I guess you. Don't I don't even know if you have to focus, but like I that, that's what I, like I'm sitting there going, my God, I'm incredibly slow and in that that finish line doesn't seem like it's getting any closer. Oh, and then that then was uh, over.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Somebody somebody shot you from the stand. Bam. <laughs> I mean, somebody said, No, he got on the two socks. Bam. And then I, but at the end of that, Kevin, I think you make a great point. You goes, everybody wanna criticize, show us your forty. Oh, that's right. You didn't run one.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, I I yeah, look, I got a, uh, a a a lot of grief for that. It's fine. And like I said, the next week we had another football camp, and I said I'm going to go out there and do it. And I ran the the run for redemption to show like, hey, I'm not just a you know a goof. I can do this. Uh, and so I actually ran it twice. Uh, we were out there doing it, and I ran it and posted a time. And uh, they said, hey, I'm I'm not going to share my time because it's embarrassing. But I'm I'm going to. They said, go give yourself like a minute and go back and run it again. And see if you can, and I did. The second run, I shaved like two tenths of a second off my incredibly slow forty. So it was it was bad, and that's
1: what, and that's without a personal trainer. That's what I had yes. to go off and learn and learn his technique.
0: That was with me eating donuts about uh, you know twenty about minutes. About it. <laughs> twenty minutes before that, but no, no. Like I said, I, I appreciate guys running the forty. I was like not expecting it to be anything. What it was like. People are like, man, you're slow. I'm like, well, yeah, I don't run and I don't, you know, I don't train to run the forty. So like, did you? I'm not out here going. Like, I'm going to drop a four six. Like I, like I'm not going to do that. On my best day, Ben Troop, I probably I mean, never no, would have no, 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 run no. that fast.
1: And, and, and to the person quote saying you're slow, what are you fast? <laughs> well, like, like compared like, to like, me, like, yeah,
0: compared to me, probably.
1: Yeah, but yeah, yeah, Kevin, they don't want to show that forty speed though. We'll never know.
0: Yeah, we don't – look, I, I, I've i never been a fast runner in In my best day, like I said, when I was a kid, and I played – I'll say this quietly so BJ doesn't hear – when I played soccer. When I played <laughs> back in the day, I did a lot of running. I did a lot of running, and I could run a good distance, but I was never, as you would say, fast. We'll come back. We'll take three. Top of the next hour. More to come here on 3 and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back. Three and out. Hour two here on this Friday. Counting you down towards Braves baseball. Braves and the Padres starting a series. It'll be Max Fried and Yu Darvish coming up later tonight. Pretty good little pitching series uh, this weekend for the Braves and Padres as well. We'll talk about that coming up. Also, look at college football coming out of these spring meetings and some of the concerns that are out there. And it's not just NIL that you're hearing some of these conferences talk about. It is the The gap that exists uh, potentially in college football, and that is growing. And how do you make that more equitable if you can? Is is that genie out of the bottle as well? We'll uh, we'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit. But, uh, Ben Troop, first, let us take three here on 3 and Out. As uh, we get to take one, Ben, what? As we get uh, mini camps opening with rookies. We talked about the schedule release for the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. What are your realistic expectations for Trayvon Walker, year one, in Jacksonville?
1: I expect him to start off slow, Kevin. I do not expect him to come out there and just be like just uh, live up to that number one overall pick uh, uh, selection. But I do think I do think he'll 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 start putting it together towards the middle and the end of the season have a better second half of the year than he does first half. If he does get the double-digit sacks, I will be very, very shocked because nine-and-a-half sacks in his career at Georgia, six-and-a-half last year on that historic Georgia defense, has about as high as a ceiling as as I've ever seen. But, Kevin, once again, it's about being a headline. There is no Jordan Davis next to you. You are no longer one of the best players on the best teams. You You are the number one pick on arguably the worst team as far as, like, uh, you know our record goal. So do I expect Javon walker to show some flashes of incredible brilliance and athleticism and freak type ability? Yes Do I expect him to show more consistency down the stretch? Yes Do I expect him to be a candidate for all for defensive rookie of the year? No Not because I don't think he's good enough, but Kevin he's on the jazz for a reason He's gonna be asked to do a lot from day one, that's a lot for a rookie. expect him to have a better second half in the first half, but six and a half, maybe seven sacks would be an incredible
0: year to me, man. I'm going to push back on you a little bit because I thought you said at one point, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, you said, hey, if you're number one pick at DN, because you were talking about this with uh, Aiden Hutchinson, you better be a 9-10 sack guy. Now you're saying maybe six or seven for Trayvon Walker. Are you saying well, I,
1: well, that, that's what that's what you that, I'm saying that's what you better be careful because this is the thing, right? What has really spoiled us as as onlookers and spectators of the sport is the bolsters. It's the chase is the chase, you know, Chase Young's. It's these guys coming out already ready to be playing like seasoned vets. Didn't, I can't remember who we was talking to. I think it was Corey A's. Didn't he tell us it was a 67% fail rate? Yep. 33% success rate. So what makes 33%? What's 33% of what? And what, 32 picks? the a lot, Kevin. So for me, you got a, you got better, off, a better shot of being there if you are a receiver, if you are interior or offensive lineman, a left tackle, maybe a linebacker. Deep as the They expect you to be double digit sacks is a great year for any defensive end. But you're talking about a guy that doesn't even have double digit sacks in his career at Georgia. Now he's supposed to do it as a headliner.
0: But that's why you're drafted number one. Don't, I mean, again, Ben, you're drafted number one. Don't say, well, I only did this at Georgia. Don't, at this point, don't care. Right? Like you are, we drafted you because of what you did at Georgia, but we need you to get it done for Jacksonville.
1: Absolutely. But it's the thing, Kevin. What's scary is this. Ronald Cooney Jr. got everybody thinking, "Hey man, he gonna live up to his potential." He's one guy, right? Potential is a very, very dangerous thing because we all have it. Most of us will never, ever, ever meet it or halfway live up to it. Travon Walker got—he's gonna have a shot to have a big year because he's going to play a lot of snaps. How he looks in those snaps is going to determine Kevin what type of play he's going to be moving forward. But if it ain't double-digit sacks as a number one overall pick, I'm sorry—it's going to be a disappointing year. Which I. This important year as far as uh, the world goes, but I got to see what type of player he's going to be. Cause like I said, when I got that monster next to me every play <laughs> in college, and now I'm the guy. I'm just next to a guy in, in the pros.
0: I mean, shouldn't that theoretically the uh, help him out? Right? You got uh, you got Josh Allen on the other side. I mean, shouldn't that theoretically it's, it's help it's him out? Though,
1: Kevin, but this thing, Josh Allen had his best years when Calais Campbell was next to him, when Yoenis Dakwe was over the, on the other side. Who? Uh, who? Listen. A, a a a defensive line is a band. I know. I know. I know. I, my part of the band might be the drums, but you got to have a lead singer. You got to have a guitarist. I don't know what Trevon Walker's uh uh role gonna be right now. He ain't singing nothing. Get your <laughs> behind away from that mic. Get your behind back there by them drums. I get I, I know it. You have got some pipes, but you gotta take you along before you can come to lead singer.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I I I think what you want him to be is that 10-11 sack guy. You're hoping for at least half of that. In, uh, in in year number one, and you hope, I, I would say you hope he's in the, if he's going to be playing that outside linebacker, you probably hope he's in the top five of tackles on your team as well uh, at the end of the day. Maybe even higher than that, I, we'll, we'll see, but I think you hope he's out there making plays if he's not getting to the quarterback. So moving along, Ben, take two. As we get a little silly here on a Friday, it's National, we have to do these on the show, National Apple Pie Day. My question to you is, Apple pie, good anytime, or a seasonal kind of delicacy, if you will.
1: Anytime. I think Kevin. I will say this because the nuances of you know pro pastries and desserts have come a long way, right? We get away we get away from the crown jewels. And look, in in the state of Georgia, peach cobbler, apple pie, like it's simple, right? Just. Keep it was simple, right? This thing about apple pie, and I'm gonna say this again: apple pie is the popcorn, you know, of <laughs> like like pies. Because Kevin, this is the thing, right? You want it fresh out the oven, you do, you do. I get
0: it, hundred percent.
1: But 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 if we go to our favorite supermarket, it's right there, lukewarm. We can cut that thing up and eat it, right? But if it's late night, you're trying to sneak a little snack. You're in the refrigerator. You looking around. You. Mm, mm, mm. I think it's good either way. I no. listen, I love apple pie. I can eat it. Listen, I can eat it cold. I could definitely eat it. I could definitely eat a lukewarm, but I, I prefer it hot the, with, with, the, with, the, with the ice cream on the top. But apple pie, any time of the day. I can't remember the last apple pie I've gotten. So, whoever at the office, <laughs> y'all want to hook it up come Monday. I'm just saying, if I, one, I, one I, happened I wanna, to be laying I, out, I, I listen. Most people think that the law offices of Truth and Thomas only save lives during. Halloween. No, no. I'll save lives any day of the week depending on what life I'm saving. If you want to save me for, the, for, the, for the apple pie life, I can handle that. But I will say this though, Kevin. You got to know what you're doing when you make an apple pie. Now, everybody can't make apple no, pie. No, I mean, that's true. That's a, that, well, that goes with that.
0: everything. I mean, that's a, that yeah. same goes for everything that uh, ends up getting baked. Some people can do it. Some people should just stay away and, and call it a <laughs> career. No, no it's, it's true. Yeah, It's true. Like, uh, there's just some people that are like, man, I, and, and it is like my favorite take if you've ever been at uh, like a food competition of like, it's not like a professional one, but like an amateur, well, I guess even professional if you don't you don't care for it, but like an amateur food competition, if you're sitting behind the scenes judging, you don't know who made it, but you're like, just remember, somebody out there thinks this is the best. This is good. No, no, I, I can't, I can't agree. I think apple pie to me, I'm, I feel like it's more seasonal to me, like it's a summertime thing. Thanksgiving thing, maybe Christmas thing, but again, I, as a young man raised in the South, Ben, I cannot abide. I cannot abide cold apple pie. That is, that is a punch in the face offense. And I will say this: I did not realize. Again, everybody's like, "Hey, you live in your your bubble, right?" I was, you know, grew up in in the South. Who knew about cold apple pie? Went on a trip to New York City, ate at a, and you know about this, Ben, in in, in New York, in the northern states. Went to New York City, had a dinner, and they said, Sir, your meal comes with a dessert. Would you like some apple pie? Of course I would. You know, I'm I'm naive. I'm a young man. I'm like, I'm expecting it to come, you know, the way it's supposed to come. Like it's supposed to be hot. It's apple pie. Man, this thing had icicles on it. I'm like, what is this? It's cold. I was like, I, I looked at the waitress like. I got like a microwave or something like, like hey, y'all got,
1: he, like a blowtorch or Yeah, she she, she looked, looked like at me like
0: I and She looked at me like I had two heads. Like, you want to eat this hot? Oh, oh, what? oh, oh. Well, yeah, so, yeah. Whatever the way is, you're eating.
1: Now, I will say that you do make a good point. The region of the country you're in has a lot to do with how it is served. Like you, you been listen. you been a southern boy. I Understand? Yes. The look, it's served hot. The only thing that's supposed to be cold is the ice cream on the top. Exactly. Of it. The, I, listen, I my basically he, you're saying that my my apple pie should not be crunchy. <laughs> yeah. Crunchy.
0: If you're if you put the ice cream on top of the apple pie and the pie starts to melt, that's a you know, <laughs> that's uh that, that's that's a problem. Like All the ice cream should melt. I
1: apologize whatever whatever listen, as a person that's lived up north <laughs> in the northeast, I want to apologize for my northeasterners. Because in their mind, Kevin, they can do no wrong and up there. They think they do it right. And then they come down south and realize. Listen, they realize. Wait a minute. People go, yeah, North. We cook fried chicken better than South. You are slapping. Yeah, the that's bread right. You lost your mind. No.
0: Ice. They, you, they call <laughs> it icebox pie. I'm like icebox?
1: <laughs> listen, listen. At the end of it, this is what they're supposed to do, Kevin. They're supposed to say, Mister Thomas, yes. How would you like your this?
0: I want it hot. I get. It. I'm. I'm a weird person, but I, you know, like I. I, I can't eat a apple pie that's cold. That's insane. Like Ben, would you eat cold peach? Co- I don't mean room temperature. I mean, would you eat cold peach cobbler like, out of the refrigerator? No. No, no it's no, gotta no. be hot. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Peach cobbler supposed to be. supposed to be. You know, you cut it, and you and when you
1: take, you see it like running out, like kind exactly. like of bottom. Yeah. You put them, like, like, and, and Kevin, this is the thing, right? This, this is good peach cobbler. good peach cobbler is this. The only way you can eat it with ice cream, it will burn your mouth. <laughs> it's
0: coming
1: out. That's coming <laughs> but, but when done right, but when yes. done right, right. I like the thick crust on the top. Sure. Oh, my God. That, that's
0: it. Yeah. You know, an apple pie, if you serve it to me cold, you're going to be getting a slice of pie back. That's all, you yeah. know. That's exactly. all I'm saying. All right, moving along. Take three. Speaking of uh, oddities, today is Friday the 13th, Ben. I know people get all worked up. Oh, it's... It's Friday the thirteenth. Ah, you know they. Hey, I'm gonna go. Some people are like, let's go watch a scary movie or whatever. But there's a lot of people that really get into the. It's Friday the thirteenth. Something bad is gonna happen. Something bad is gonna happen. Like, don't let a black cat run in front of you or walk under a ladder or break a mirror. Or what? Like, do you have any superstitions? At all, D- seeing as it's Friday the thirteenth, like this is when the superstitious weirdos like to uh, to come to the forefront. Do you have any like? Oh, my gosh, it's Friday the 13th. Something bad is bound to happen.
1: No, because, Kevin, this is the thing, right? I spent too much of my life, probably like most people, had a bunch of friends that had them. And, 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 and the thing is, you don't have them, right? But you start listening to what they're saying. Like, I'll walk up under a ladder. I'll, listen, I'll break glass. I'll walk by a black cat <laughs> or, you know, it's a rocking chair. There ain't nobody in it. Or I sweep under somebody. Because what happens is, right, Kevin, you, you've been a – Superstitious people, and I'm gonna say this.
0: Did you they, do the? the first. Did you do the whole hold your breath while you go past the cemetery thing? No. You ever, you ever no. heard that
1: before? <laughs> but, see, but see, Kevin. But that's what I'm saying, right? It's almost like when we was kids, we didn't know what weirdos were. Like I don't know what a weirdo. Was. <laughs> but somebody's like, no, you got some friends. We mean, like these. And this is the crazy part, Kevin. If these superstitious people was like that when we were kids, can you imagine what they are now? They're at work. Telling people, hey man, you know not sp- I like the fake stuff they make up. Now you don't turn, you don't. No nah, man, you cannot turn the music up that loud at a certain. You know what? I'm saying. what? Yeah, man. I don't- All I'm saying is, Kevin, I was never a superstitious person, and I played football for a living. People, you want to talk about some superstitious people, coaches and players? I'm a grow my. I'm a grow my beard. This is my winter beard. No, you know you need to go to the barbershop. You- You're not doing anything. So. I will say I was never the superstitious person. And listen, and I'm from the South, people. Oh, we got some superstitions down South that only make sense to us. It don't yeah. make, no, they really don't make no sense at all. But Kevin, it's more like folk tales that just sure. become superstitious that we just don't want to let go. But to all my friends, right now, listen to the truth. You don't know what you're talking about. I said, let me get this straight. I broke glass.
0: It's a mirror. It's a mirror. I think
1: a mirror. Yeah All I'm saying is Kevin. I'm just happy That I no longer have those crazy people around me because they used to get on my nerves because they get they get mad Because you don't believe in their superstition what I got to do it for you don't do that Don't do what so now my life is affecting your life. No, it's not you're one of those people that eat cold. uh uh, freaking apple pie. With you. Yep, yeah. You eat it right. So you take the apple pie straight out the straight out the box out the fr- out the freezer, cut it and eat. That's what the super-sensitive people do. I I'm just happy I no longer have those people around me. Kevin couldn't deal with them.
0: Deal with them. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I know people have all kind of weird ones. I I I don't really care too much about any. I think some of them are kind of funny. Uh, I don't. You know, I'm I, not I like. I kind oh. like.
1: Well, hold your breath. Yeah, hold your breath when yeah, you. Breath when you
0: yeah. Like when this is what we used to do when kids. Like you'd be on a. uh on like a trip or something, or you'd be on like the school bus, and you drive past, you know, the little cemetery. You'd be there on the right, and you'd be like, hold your breath, and then while you drive past it, and then once you pass it, like, why? I don't know. Like, I I don't or, know what. Or, uh, I don't know why like, that uh, was.
1: If you if you eating chicken and you get like the wishbone, and you're supposed to, I don't yeah. man, I
0: don't know. This no, no, fun. that I don't. That, that's supposed to be like a good luck thing, but then, no, I, I I've never understood like a lot of the. Superstitious ones, like I said, the, the the cemetery one I never understood, but it was just kind of like, hey, you're a kid, everybody else is doing it, and it's kind of funny. it's I like, hope, hope we don't run into a red light. You know what I'm <laughs> 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 no, but I mean, you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think in the south they like said we do got a lot of weird ones where it's like, what is it, New Year's Day? You got to eat uh, black-eyed peas and black greens.
1: Are kind of greens. Yeah.
0: yeah, and supposedly that's what luck and money of which. I have had neither, and I've, eaten I've been eating it all myself. I've been
1: eating the hell out of these collard greens. <laughs> and when you think about it, that's about all the only time you eat black-eyed peas and collard greens together. And then yeah. my grandma's thinking, boy, I, I gave that to y'all growing up. Well, Brandon, so you're supposed to give it to us one day
0: of the year. That's right. That's take three. We do it every day here at this time. So much more to get to here on the show. What talks to talk some college football when we come back. So much focus on NIL. So much focus on transfer portal. But is there actually another thing? that might cause a drastic change in college football in the coming years. We'll get to that next. It's 3-and-out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here 3-and-out on this Friday. Braves coming up when we are done here on 3-and-out against the San Diego Padres. Max Freed against you, Darvish. No Acuna in the lineup tonight, but he'll be back uh, coming up tomorrow. Just uh, another day. Another little precautionary uh, for Acuna, but he'll be back Uh, on Saturday uh, there against the San Diego Padres. We'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. But, uh, Ben, we've talked a lot about uh, college football this week. We've talked a lot about NIL. We've talked a lot about, you know, transfer portal and things of that nature. But I've seen a couple of reports, or or, uh, not even reports, just columns put out uh, by several folks. David Hale wrote one uh, coming out of the ACC meetings. Uh, You saw Pete Thamel, uh, put one out on ESPN.com, which if you're a fan of college football, you really should should check it out. And again, I, to me, it's more of a, do you care about college football or do you care about, um, you know, in our, our neck of the woods, do you care about the SEC? And I'm not saying, again, I'm not faulting you if you do, but I think that's the reality that you're looking at where a lot of higher-ups, and Ben, they, they kind of give you clues as to what they're thinking and what they think could be coming. And when you see ADs coming out of the ACC saying we could be moving towards a power two, and you say a power two, and they, and they say, yeah, and this is, has nothing to do with NIL, has nothing to do with the transfer portal. Uh, but the concern of ADs and presidents uh, with the ACC, Pac-12, and Big 12, and you're seeing realignment is that we could be seeing more realignment upcoming, and that as some person said we are moving to a two- uh, I want to get the phrasing right that he used. It was like we're moving to a two-sun system or a two-moon system where we're going to have the college football world revolving around two entities, that being the SEC and the Big Ten. And you say, well, what are you talking about? We're talking about money. We're talking about dollars. We're talking about the financial landscape. Because it's one thing to say it's tough to compete NIL, and you say, well, look, if your boosters care, they'll give money. And this, uh, Okay, that's one thing. It's another thing when you look at it and say the SEC's got a huge deal, the Big 10 uh and and they're about to have a new one. Uh the Big 10's got one coming up in 2024 that people are saying could be upwards of like a billion dollars uh in a in a in a media deal. And you look at the annual payouts that the uh, the SEC's giving out, it was what what over 50 million dollars a school, right? Yeah. so over 50 million, the Big 10 is going to be right there on the heels of that uh with their new deal and you look around the landscape and go well, what are the ACC SEC or what are the ACC Big 12 and Pac 12 doing about half that about 26 to 27 million dollars maybe per school and you look at it and say okay so what does that mean okay there's some ground to be made up but a lot of the ADs and things are saying look that's ground that's not going to be made up it can't be made up uh in this current, when when two when two conferences are making double what everybody else is making—that's a—that's a financial landscape that you can't compete in, and it's going to crumble down into, as he called, one eighty called it, kind of two spheres. Where if you're a Clemson or a Florida State or Miami or somebody that thinks they have uh, some pull, do you start trying to align yourself with one of those two entities? If you're the Pac-12, do you start to align yourself with? What? Because I think when you hear about the alliance of those other. Uh, conferences have been that we've, we've heard so much about, like, what is that? And are they collectively enough to draw the dollars to help them compete financially? A lot of people will say, no, they're not. So are we in line for a reshaping of college athletics? Once again, simply because the financial landscape is going to call for it, where if you're a school in the sec, you could be getting 60, $70 million a school. And in the ACC packed you're getting 30 million I'm sorry. You could be the best recruiter. You could be the best academic school. You could be the best whatever. If some school is able to outspend you by double, you're not winning, right? I mean, you you're you're, just, you're not going. You may win a little bit, but you're, you're, most of the time, you're not winning. And you're probably not going to compete. So, how do you keep kind of that in college football, college athletics versus a potential breakup? A lot of the ads this week, Ben. I've seen again. Read Pete Thamel's column. Ads talking about look, we could have new alliances out there because. Teams want to be able to compete. Schools are going to be looking at it and say, I'm in the ACC, but I want to financially compete. We bring something to the table. Can we be an alliance with the SEC? And could you see a break-off and, form again, form your own league? And we've talked about this. Do the big schools just break off and do their own thing? Why? Because they control all the money. That's right. I got into a discussion earlier this week with our good friend Matt Smith on Twitter. He's like, can you really have March Madness without Gonzaga and your loyal Chicago's? I was like, yeah, absolutely you can. Cinderella is just going to be wearing different shoes. Instead of Gonzaga, it's going to be, I don't know, pick a school that normally doesn't get in. That's a big school. It'll be a, a Nebraska who gets in and makes a run. And you're going, Nebraska is a basketball school? Well, they are now. Why? Because there's only 64 teams. Are we headed down that road, Been where the money is going to be so great amongst two conferences that the other three are going to have to make a decision about what they want to be and whether or not, they can actually financially, even remotely, keep up. Yeah, Kevin. And,
1: and the thing is, with so much, with so many other distractions that go on in college athletics, right, we get so caught up in the transfer portal, that's players. We get so caught up in the NIL, that's players. And that's certain amounts. That's not even all of them. But when you start talking about it, it's as simple as this. The University of Georgia just won the National Championship. The University of Florida got a new coach. The University of Georgia, the, the University of Georgia should have more money in funding. Florida has more money to fund than Georgia does, and Georgia's coming off a national championship win. Think about that. So the schools that got all the money get more money when they lose to help fund them more. Yeah. yeah I- certain teams, yet certain teams, they just want the funding. But it's the thing, right? The Floridas, the Georgias, the Alabamas, the LSUs, they got they got brand equity and name equity. Sure. People just normally that's LSU. And like you say, Kevin, just say Nebraska wins it all in basketball. It might be too late because people saying, look, man. because <laughs> think about it.
0: No, well, Nebraska's going I mean, to benefit because they're in the Nebraska Big Ten. Wins. But, I mean, I, I was just using them as an example of a uh, an yeah, NCAA well, tournament. Well, but, I mean.
1: Kevin, wouldn't, but, Kevin, wouldn't it be ironic, right? We talk about, it's almost like this. What happens at college athletics is a microcosm of the world. It's a bunch of stuff that's going on in the world, right, that we really need to have our, our attention to, but they'll give us a distraction over here. So, something over here is going on that needs it, but we're going to keep our eyes on this. It's never going to be about what the coaches get and what the players get. The cash cow model is college athletics. That's the cash sure. cow model. But it, like you say, Kevin, people that go the big the Big Ten. They got Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, maybe Wisconsin, Iowa. Right? The SEC is about to add Texas and Oklahoma. So all that money is going to come to the SEC now. The the the, the Longhorn Network might have to give money to the other schools in the sure. ACC because they're up. And, and Kevin, you know this how it is. I, I would say this to people. You never know what you're going to do when the money's on the line. And it doesn't make you a
0: bad person. No, no but, but, I'm, but I'm saying, but if you're sitting there in the ACC, I, I mean, this is honest to goodness. If you're sitting there in the ACC as a Clemson or a school of, of that nature, or if you're in the Pac-12, a Southern Cal, and you're saying, look, geographically, this works, right? Geographically, this works. We're in a conference that makes sense for us. However, I'm trying to compete against schools in the Big Ten and the SEC who are bringing in double the resources. Double the resources. How am I competing with that? And do I need to make a a new alliance? And I think a lot of people have said, what does the Pac-12 do? And people have talked about this because, obviously, Ben, if that happens, it's human nature, as you said. What happens when you look over there and say, wait a minute, these guys are making double than what I'm making over here. You start getting wondering eyes and say, well, what if I could go over And so you hear stuff like, well, could the Pac-12 explore a model where under their media uh, rights, USC, UCLA, some of those schools actually get more when it comes to divvying up the money than some of the other schools. Well, that doesn't create resentment at all. Uh, you know. So I look at it and say, what is the solution there? Because uh, again, you look at college athletics. The SEC, Ben, I think is big enough where they could literally, and again, I think there's some SEC fans that would actually be cool with this, could literally say, to heck with the rest of you, we're just, right? We're yep. going to play 12 SEC games, yep. and then our champion, our top two teams are going to play each other, and we're going to call them the national champion.
1: Yeah. How many SECs? But
0: but they're in a financial position. They could do that. Or, Or, or,
1: think about this, Kevin. Think about this. We'll say, listen, we're not even going to call it a national champion. We're just going to say, hey, they won the SEC. and Because it's the thing about products, right? The best products in the world might not be the most expensive, but they already got that brand equity. People to look at a guy like Tom Brady. How does he get that deal? And he said, because he's Tom Brady. Like, he's Tom Brady. And... This comes down to money and reputation. When you got a certain reputation, they're going to they gonna put that money there. Kevin, you're talking about billion dollars. they got billion-dollar budgets for sure. facilities on college campuses now. Billion dollars. Now, I understand that. I understand here, that.
0: I'm, I'm saying just from the pure landscape, you are hearing ADs yeah. and things talking about, hey, there's going to be a fracture of some point, whether yes. it's more schools jumping to align with the SEC or the Big Ten, because the payout is significantly better. Yeah. Then it would be in another conference, and people are going to say, "Look, if we, it's the age-old keep up or get left behind." Well, I'm sorry, it's going to be the, the keep up model in all case because I don't think the Pac-12 is going to command the media dollars that there the ACC is not. The Big Twelve, okay, you're adding what uh, UCF and Cincinnati, like that's not going to be enough uh, no. to uh, to keep you up there. So you look at the widening gap financially, and you end up with something that looks a little bit like major league baseball yep. on a, on a, because people will say, well, who cares if the sec makes double go earn it. Okay. I understand that, but you're going to end up with a model that looks like major league baseball where it is. Hey, you have the, whatever the college football version is of the Pittsburgh pirates, where not that they won't spend any money. It's just, that's all they're getting and you're getting double and look at what you're able to do. If I'm the Yankees, look at what I'm able to do as opposed to the the, the Reds and the Pirates when it comes to putting together and that's just one example of baseball. We're talking 15 20 25 million dollar per year yeah. differences in yeah. school. So over 4 years, 100 million dollars difference per school in revenue. Don't tell me it's hard it's it's not hard to compete if that were to hold. That's why I think you got guys and, 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 figuring and, and, out what's
1: going to happen. If getting, if, Kevin, if you're getting a 50-something million dollar check just from the TV network, you, sure. haven't, sold one, you haven't sold one hot dog yet. Not <laughs> one ticket yet. So we're getting that, right? And think about this, Kevin. You make you made a good distinction. Think about how many teams is in, in, in the SEC are bigger brands than NFL and in the MLB teams. Like, they're bigger brands than that to the point where they're saying, listen, Alabama is one of the premier coaching jobs on the planet. Not True. just in college. And I think that's what they want to do from the jump. People go, hey, man, our goal is to make our product
0: the product. I understand that. I'm just that saying it, for college football and college athletics, how do you hold it together I'll with such a division? I, and so I, that's I, why I think these ADs are talking about there's going to be more realignment. There's going to be more shifting. Could there be a break away from the NCAA and say, look, we're the old ye with the gold makes the rules. Well, we got the gold. We're making the rules, and we're going to step away and do it. There's 80s talking about that right now, uh, saying, look, the financial model of what we're looking at as an ACC school and a Pac-12 school is that over the next four years, potentially, each one of those schools in the Big Ten and the SEC are going to make $100 million more than us just on media rights. Yep. Just on media. And how, how do you keep up and, uh, and and compete with that? I think that, to me, is a big discussion that has been lost in all of the name, image, likeness, and transfer portal that these administrators and folks are talking about behind the scenes in a big, big way, and I just want to bring because there's been several columns and and stories written about this, haven't got a lot of national traction because we're talking about NIL it, it, and transfer it, it, portal. Exactly. And, and you're looking at it and go deep. Ta-
1: and look at what's happened. You're talking <laughs> about yeah, but look at that. Look at that. While we haven't talked about it, right? When it's all said and done, when it's all said and done, it's not. It's never. It's not going to be about nil and transfer portal stuff that's a, that's a that's a that's a diamond in the rough type type scenario the whole time greg sankey mr Hide and go seek <laughs> himself they are having private meetings saying look if we got oklahoma and texas arguably the two biggest brands not name ohio state right to come over to the sec dude we can get anybody we want now it's like you said kevin hey man did the sec call y'all no why? They already got the biggest brand in sport in college athletics. Now they just added Texas and
0: Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, again, okay. I I think that divide is uh is going to get larger. And you talk about these ADs saying, well, what do you offer compensation wise? Do you get into a straight, hey, in order to compete with them, we're just going to offer our student athletes a a set amount and say, hey, you're getting your scholarship, you're getting 10 grand, 20 grand, whatever. Uh, to try to compete and, and, and keep student-athletes. Again, a huge disparity in the haves and have-nots upcoming at college athletics. We've got more to come here. It's 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Welcome back. It's 3 and Out. Kevin and Ben, Braves tonight against the Padres. No Ronald Acuna in the lineup, Ben, as he's nursing a sore groin muscle, but uh, the Braves keep him out, so essentially he's going to get, what, three days off here. Uh, before he jumps into the lineup with the uh, the Braves. Padres in this weekend, good good squad. Braves had a good tussle with them out on the West Coast. Now get the return trip here in mid-May. Uh, and Max Fried, you Darvish, heck of a pitching matchup tonight, a chance for the Braves. I think this is where you get some momentum beating good teams. At home in Atlanta, beat a good team. Take two of three from a good team and start building on top of that.
1: Kevin, I think that uh, when you think about this Braves team and the type of momentum they're they doing and the fact that Ron Lacuna Jr. gets an extra day off, right? Like, we always ask, quote, his load management. One, it says they're confident to know that, hey, man, we good for you to take another day. We're we going to be all right. And and, and that's, that's a sign of a great team, all right, right, Kevin? Even if they aren't a great team, get the signs up and say, hey, our best player, we're going to give him as much time as he needs because, you know, Orlando, we got Orlando. He'll he'll, he'll do his best Ron Lacuna Jr., Impersonation in the bottom of the ninth, but I think you make a good point, Kevin. When you talk about this Padres team, it's always going to be a tough out, no matter who they play. Especially when you talk about these Bravos, they go out there when they get them at home. They going to get a little get back. And I think Kevin, now, which once again, the season is so long, it's about it's about you know a guy like Max Free going out there and really showing you know what he's capable of doing. A guy you know like uh, like Daniel Swanson continuing to swing the bat well. A guy like Matt Olson. Who's been lights out? But Kevin, once again, a chance to show off this bullpen. I, I, we haven't really talked about them as much as we should because when when the Braves give them points on the board, they're still like, yeah, all the Braves going to have to win two to one, three to two? But we haven't really talked about how incredible this bullpen is, Kevin. Because while, you know, where is Max Friedman as far as like the Aces throughout the MLB, we don't know, probably definitely the top 10. I think this Braves bullpen is number one, number two at best when you think about how good these guys
0: are. Yeah, and again, uh, Kenley Jansen has come in and been a a guy that's been lights out. You talk about uh, Tyler Matzik has kind of struggled a little bit, and they're still uh, very, very good. Uh, Will Smith has been good kind of in his new role. And you look at, you have a guy in, people forget about this, you have a guy in Kirby Yates who was one of the top closers in the the American League, Uh, and he's been out with injury and will be back in the second half. So if he comes back, and is a shell of his former self. I mean, you're adding yet another guy uh, in there that has big-time stuff, big-time ability. So, you know, I-, I think you look at this Braves team as they round into form offensively, man, uh, you-, you look at what was a uh, successful for them last year. It was, you know, getting the playoffs, starting pitchers give me four or five, and turn it over to a bullpen that has the ability to be hammered down, lights out. And I, I think that is what wins in the postseason. I You talk about... Uh, making a postseason game six innings, Braves can do it. You score enough runs. I mean, again, from the moment you saw that big home run uh, last year in the World Series, you knew it was over. I mean, well, Braves fans didn't. They were uh, you know sweating it out. Uh, but but you look at the big blast there in in Houston, three to nothing, just like that. Third, fourth inning, and again, I know the Braves fans and the Atlanta fans will go, oh, man, don't say. But you really looked at it and said, with this bullpen, with what they have, it's done. It's over. They're not going to score enough runs off this bullpen to get it done. And I feel like that's what this Braves team is at right now, where it is, man, you if you have a lead, forget the eighth and ninth inning magic that they've had to have in years past. Heck with that. If this team has a lead in the sixth or seventh inning, chalk it up, warm up the bus, it's done. Right? I mean, they have the ability. It came in the other night. Uh, Ian Anderson had a so-so outing, got a lot of pitches, had to come out, uh, I think, in, after five and two-thirds. Bullpen, shut it down. Nothing. Zeros the rest of the way. And when you can do that, man, you are going to win an awful lot of baseball games. And I, I I think, Ben, they haven't even really scratched the surface of what they can be offensively. And that should be a scary thing, man. I mean, the pitching has been good. The, the, the bullpen has been, as, as we said statistically, one of the best. Uh, in all of baseball and the offense, you feel like hasn't really even put together a stretch yet. Like the, the Braves do not have a three-game winning streak all year long. Now they don't have a three-game losing streak either, but they do not have a three-game winning streak. This team's too good not to have one of those. You know, this 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 is a team you look at and say, offensively, this is a team that could could jump on you and could win eight out of ten, nine out of ten uh, potentially. And we haven't seen that yet. So I feel like that's stuff for your brain. Be encouraged. Don't look at it and go, oh, well, the Mets are this one. No. This is a team that's treading water around 500, which is all you need to do. And they haven't hit that stretch that you know is in them. Of, you know, eight out of ten. What was it last year, uh, Ben, where people were saying, uh-oh, this team might be in trouble. They were treading water around 500. And then, boom, it was, what, like 16 out of 18 or yeah. something like yeah. that? Yeah. And really all crazy. of sudden,
1: a sudden, they a nice one.
0: it was, yeah. you know, hyper warp speed the other direction, and they pulled away from everybody.
1: I know that everybody's going crazy right now for the Mets, especially if you are a Mets fan. But, Kevin, I heard I saw, saw some Mets fans talking a little trash about how well, you know, the lead that the Mets are putting on in the rest of the division. And somebody go, yeah, but the Braves coming. And they got – because the thing, right, the thing that this Braves team, whether they just got here, been here, they've earned the benefit of the doubt. We've seen this Braves team go through everything from having the worst bullpen to the best bullpen, having so-so starting pitching to at least starting pitching, having an okay lineup to one of the best lineups of baseball. And I think what happens now, Kevin, is, is there's a confidence when you play for the Braves. There's a moxie and a swagger that when you play for the Braves. Whether you have it or not, they expect to do it. They expect to get it there. As it goes, look, man, most teams hope to win the division. Most teams hope to make the playoffs, and they're not going to win the World Series. We're ahead of schedule. Nobody saw Snick and Alex Anthopoulos winning the world let's just call it what it is and they did it but it's how they did it they did it with three sure. guys the trade that line and no ron lacuna jr that is pitching that is coaching people that is a team with a nice a nice roster kevin but an even better culture so for me what orlando arcia did it might not happen again this year but he's proven hey man i could be counted yeah. on so i just think for if you are if you are you know admire the Braves, and you know uh you know, uh, 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 an opposer of the Braves. Just know, <laughs> Ron Lacuna Jr. comes back, and he's in the lineup every single day. Because Kevin, like I said, I listen. I remember not too many moons ago. You know, Julio take He he's the opener day starter about six, seven years in a row. Like you are, you know who's going to be. Where we don't even talk about Mike Foltynewicz anymore. Like that's how far this Braves team yeah. has come in four years. The arguably the worst first inning in postseason history. He's no longer on the team right? I mean, I mean, so I just think for me, when I watch this Braves team at the end of the day, Kevin, two things I look for. One, I look at your move You come here, you like, man, they're good. We, you know, because you know, it's a marathon. Apparently I a set sprint, the tone. It's a marathon. And number two, <laughs> when the Washington Nationals won the, the world series before the, before the, uh, before the all-star break, they had the same record as Detroit and they won. yes, yeah. that Detroit yeah. team. So, all I'm saying, Kevin, make sure you're still in it before the um, All-Star break. Make sure you have something to strive for after the All-Star break. Make good trades. Hey, Amen.
0: Yeah. And you win it. And I think they'll be there again. A good series coming up this weekend. Braves and San Diego will have it for you right here, 6.05, uh, starting tonight. This is 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here, 3 and Out, on this Friday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, thanks for making us a part of your day. We'll look at the Falcons and Jags. Schedule release, could we see... A lot more wins out of Jacksonville Falcons. Could they dare get to seven wins again? We'll go through that coming up here in just a little bit, but coming up next Saturday, not tomorrow, but a week from tomorrow, Ben, it's our ESPN Diabetes 5K coming up at the Landings Club. I hope you'll join us for that. You can go to ESPNCoastal.com, ESPNCoastal.com, and get signed up for that. Uh, Come out, run, walk with us, and raise money for a great cause, which is uh, raising money for to purchase insulin for those less fortunate. Obviously, it is life-saving medicine that you, if you have an insulin-dependent person, you know you have it, or you're in a bad, bad way. You could die if you don't get it. So we're out there to raise money to do that. Come out, run, walk with us next Saturday, ESPN Diabetes 5K. Go to ESPNCoastal.com to sign up. Final hour coming up next year on 3 and Out. Good to have you back here. Final hour of three and out. Kevin and Ben, glad you are with us here as we head into the weekend. Braves and Padres coming up all weekend long. We will have that for you all weekend long right here as well. 6.05 tonight, we will have the uh, the pregame coverage for the Braves and Padres. Max Fried and Yu Darvish pitching matchup. Pretty good pitching matchups uh, all weekend long, uh, to uh, to be fair. Falcons have made a move, Ben. We'll talk about that uh, coming up in just a little bit. They try to bolster themselves offensively. We'll get to that. We'll get to the Jags schedule as well. But yesterday, as we mentioned, was schedule release day. The Falcons' schedule is out and well for a team that is in a rebuild. Don't call it a rebuild. As the Atlanta Falcons are, the NFL did them really uh, no favors, Ben. You've got 14 straight weeks or 13 straight weeks with a game before you get a bye and then finish with just just four games. But Vegas says the over-under win total, five. For Atlanta, you open up. You've got the Rams in week two, the defending Super Bowl champs. You have a cross country trip to Seattle. You got the Buccaneers in the first five weeks. You actually play both teams that were in the Super Bowl last year in the Bengals and the Rams. So a tough schedule, as we knew. Plus, you get the the NF the AFC North with the Steelers, Bengals, Ravens, all that. Uh, on top of some pretty good traditional franchise there. So tough schedule for Atlanta. I mean, Arthur Smith coaxed. Maybe you could say Matt Ryan coaxed, but Arthur Smith coaxed seven wins out of a roster that was pretty bad, right? I mean, I know we talked to folks that maybe you could argue they haven't upgraded enough in this offseason. You did lose Matt Ryan, and again, Matt Ryan to Marcus Mariota is not an upgrade. I'm I'm not suggesting that it is. Did you upgrade in other areas where you feel like Arthur Smith, if he's a coaching wizard, I guess, could coax another seven wins? out of this team, or is this a team that you think is going to take a step back like Vegas, hasn't had a five-win mark here in in 2021? I mean, the first five games, I mean, if you go two and three, Ben, I'm thinking that's a good run there to open up the season.
1: Yeah, Kevin, I mean, did they did they upgrade uh, at the defensive end position with a guy like, you, know, you know, on the Ebekichi? I would say yes. I mean, I, obviously you upgraded with the wide receivers for the simple fact, Kevin, that you know who the hell the <laughs> wide receivers are. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, Drake London, you talk about they traded for um Brian Edwards, you know, from the from the Raiders. You go along with bring it back Cordell Patterson, you know, all the take. But Kevin, just in the last 20 minutes, that Saints game was starting a little bit looking looking a little bit rough. Just in the last 10 minutes, Jarvis Landry signs a one-year deal with the Saints to go along with Tyron, I mean Tyron Matthew Honey Badger to go along with Michael Thomas. Now, I think sometimes, Kevin, you got to look at the schedule and, and ask yourself what is a good season on a on a very, very young team that is rebuilding. The Saints, the reason why it can still go back and forth because that's a usual suspect. These this same seven-win Falcons team is the reason why these Saints didn't make the playoffs, not because they lost in week 18, but because they beat them during the year at their place. The, the Rams is gonna be rough. The Seahawks. You got a shot to beat them, Kevin. I mean, this is the first we're talking about no Matty Ice in Atlanta. I mean, it's gonna be the first time in a long time. No Bobby Wagner on defense, no Russell Wilson on offense. That's gonna be a different But you're talking about two weeks
0: in a row on the West Coast. I know that's they say that's a tough thing to do if you're just to go East Coast to West Coast, not necessarily the other way. I mean, is that a one you look at and say, just because of who they don't have, it's a winnable game, even though it's you know all the way across country.
1: Yeah, I, I do. I still think it's a winnable game, Kevin. And I think something you said in the first hour, I don't think they're going to go out. You know, they're not going to go out to L.A. and come all the way back to Atlanta. They got to go all the way back to Seattle. They're probably going to make it a full West Coast trip, like probably go up to Seattle or somewhere close by because that's a lot of freaking flyer miles. <laughs> I mean, Seattle is about as far as you can get, you know, uh, in the Northwest. But then you talk about the Browns, you talk about the Bucs, talk about the 49ers. What's really telling, Kevin, is what you said. You don't get a buy till week fourteen. Just to put that in perspective, there is an extra game in the season, so you go from a seventeen week season to an eighteen week season. Which means year, week fourteen means you still got you still got five weeks left of the season in a sense. Week fourteen, you forgot about the buy already. Like by <laughs> the time it comes, a, a good buy is around week seven or eight because you you kind of seen what a se- you still got half the season left. You could be counting healthy bodies by week fourteen. You might all, I mean, whether it be injury or bad play, Desmond Ritter might be playing, you know, by then. But look at, but after the bye week, you got the Saints, the Ravens, the Cardinals, and the Bucks. So you still, they still ain't did you no know, favors. I do think, Kevin, what makes me a little optimistic about the schedule is I don't know who Kyler Murray really is right now with the Cardinals. The Saints are in your division. I just seen something that said that the Panthers are thinking about bringing back Cam Newton. I think that favors the Falcons because he's not a guy that's on a lot of people's radars right now. The Chargers are the Chargers. The Bengals, they come – we want to – Kevin, we don't really know who the Bengals are either because why are they coming off a Super Bowl run? We don't really know who they really are right now because they've had relatively a lot of success in a very, very young season. I mean, a very, very – a couple of years of the guy with Joe Burrow. What's going to hurt the Falcons is, Kevin, is this. At key positions, you're very young. At the defensive end position, rookie. At your starting receiver position, rookie. Yes, I know what you got in Kyle Pitts, but he had one touchdown last year, and that's what Matty Ice, a season, a season pro. Grady Jarrett, proven. AJ Terrell, proven. Matthews, proven. The rest of the offensive line, not so much. Who is Marcus Mariota? Who's your running back? Who's going to get you a consistent pass rush? Kevin, who's going to be on the back end of that defense? Because we don't – I mean, Grant last year out of, out of UCF didn't really give you a lot of production at the same position, a lot of question marks. But I do think that by having some level of youth and veteran mixed in, I think you got a shot to be kind of in the okay because seven, seven wins ain't nothing to ride home about. But this schedule is brutal. I'm, I'm not going to say it's not. I mean, AFC North, NFC West. What did the Falcons do to deserve this? It's, it's got to be a long team. Be a long
0: and team. you get both teams that were in the Super Bowl uh, yeah. last year as well. And look, I, I look at games, uh, Ben, when you start saying, well, how many could they win? Well, obviously, the Panthers are out there. You play the Panthers in your one, if you want to call it that, primetime game on a Thursday night. Uh, and that could be pretty tough uh, week 10 in terms of viewing uh, situation where you're going, oh, man. Yeah. But. You feel like the Panthers are winnable both times, you feel like even with what you said, a split with the Saints is possible because you just that's seemingly how it goes with them. I don't know that you're you're going to be able to take one from Tampa Bay. I I think that's probably wishful thinking unless, you know, Tom Brady goes down, maybe, but I think that's you know wishful thinking. All right, so if you beat the Panthers and the Saints, if you split, that's two, maybe a three if you get them. Who else you beating? The Bears, I mean, obviously that's uh, all the Falcons. Go, oh, Justin Fields going to come back, but the Bears, the Commanders, that feels like Dubs potentially. Uh, of teams. So, so there's four. Are there any more out there where you just look at it and go, that's that that feels like a win with this team? I mean, I Seattle, mean, maybe that could be five, and maybe that's where you get to your five, and that's it. Who knows?
1: I mean, but uh, I, mean, I mean, I mean, maybe the Browns, maybe the Cardinals. This is the thing, Kevin. We talked about this in uh we talked about this in uh in the first hour. They say you pick to win five. Okay, we don't know where those five are gonna come from. It could come now. Are there are there games on this schedule that, that are winnable games? We just don't see it right now. And i would go yes, because the thing about this is I'm looking at the quarterbacks, right? The Saints got Jameis Winston, all right. The Rams got the Rams, so it's winnable got, you know, just
0: off the fact that Jameis is the quarterback. That's what you're saying. Well, yeah, because the whole <laughs> thing
1: about it is I mean, we don't okay. What Jameis are we because Jameis in the first nine games last year was seven to two, but that's with Sean Payton, right? Now, mm-mm. I mean, you know, Dennis Allen, that's not that's not that's not the same coach coming at you. The Seahawks, Drew Locke, winnable, right? The Browns, said a Joshua Dobbs. Winnable, the Bucks not happening. The 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo. You always got a shot to beat San Francisco because of old Jimmy Garoppolo. And if Trey Lance is in, he don't really got a lot of experience, right? You're going to hope to try to be able to take advantage. Not saying you're going to beat them because of that defense, but they still got this whole points on offense. Who's going to stop Debo? Who's going to stop George Kittle? You know, so on and so forth. The Panthers are the Panthers. The Chargers, that could be a toss-up. The Bears could be a toss-up. The Commanders have Carson Wentz. That's all you know. They got Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is about as unpredictable, Kevin, as you – Carson Wentz is a frozen apple pie. He's, he's, he, you can eat it. It just, it just you. Know, but, you know, something quite ain't right with this. So, I just think for me, Kevin, Arthur Smith is going to have to probably get as close to seven wins, maybe eight, because you don't want to lose the locker room because in 2023, they got a lot of money to spend. They got a lot. So I think it's about making it to, through 2022 to make it look, you know, to make it look kind of like halfway decent. And if they can do that, because listen, terrible, listen, the only reason why Matty Ice is in Indy is because Tom Brady came back. If Tom Brady stays retired, they keep him at ice. I believe Matt Ryan is still a Falcon. But once he comes, Matt, Matt Ryan, that money got to go. You got to go. We appreciate it. So I just think for me, Kevin, it's about, hey, can you go out there and win those five games and, you scratch the claw for two more because, Kevin, if they end up with seven, maybe eight wins, that means they've beaten some teams that was picked to be better. Because a lot of these teams, we don't know how good they're going to be. We don't know how good the Rams going to be this year. We, they just coming up. Because the hardest thing to do is to make it back to the playoffs when you win the Super Bowl. So they're going to have that on their back. But it should it should still be a very, very, very interesting season, to say the least, for them boys from Flower and
0: Brain. Yeah, and, and again, obviously the, the unpredictability of the Falcons in and of itself because – Again, you got a bunch of new receivers in there. You went and took another receiver with your first-round draft pick, Marcus Mariota. You're certainly not going to ask him to do as much as you asked Matt Ryan to do. And you went and drafted a running back, brought in some running backs uh, through free agency. Are you going to be better running the football? That may uh, be a difference. So, uh, can you be good, better enough? Prove just enough. Uh, to keep you where you are. Again, Ben, I think a lot of people look at this and and they've accepted, hey, it's a rebuild. You're going to try to win with young guys, rookies. Marcus Mariota is a placeholder quarterback. Um, Is Desmond Ritter your quarterback in the future? Who knows? But you're going to try to hold the – I mean, this is a hold-serve kind of season, right? If you can get back to seven wins, even if you're picking in the top ten, I think most people would say, Arthur Smith, you've probably done a heck of a job, right? Because you you weren't given enough weapons, I think, on the surface for people to say – You won seven, probably should have won 10. But that's certainly been. You go into offseason where you have free agent money to spend. Quarterback draft is going to be huge next year if that's where you want to go. A lot of town. If you go into next year, I, I kind of look at Atlanta a year behind Jacksonville, where Jacksonville, say what you want, had a bunch of money. You can argue if they spent it wisely, but that's why I think this year is big. You got Doug Peterson in there, spent a bunch of money on guys in free agency. Again, Remains to see if they spend it wisely, but the Falcons are going to be in that same situation. Young team, cash going out their ears. Are you just throwing it? We need a receiver here, man. Just take some of that money. Oh, we need just, Here, just take some of that money. Are we putting it in wide spaces, or are we just throwing it at guys? There's an opportunity there. That's why I think Jacksonville is big. Oh, it's the Jaguars. They won three games. No. If they win three games again, there's going to be a lot of people looking at Trent Baalke, a lot of people looking, even yeah. at the Jags going, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. spent a bunch of money. You brought in a Super Bowl winning coach. And he still won three games? Uh-uh. That's not going to – and I think that's where you're at. Arthur Smith, I think, it's good this year. I'm with you, Ben. I don't think you want to go back to much past five wins. I think people appreciate that the roster is what it is. If you can get seven, I think that's good. But you are going to have a lot of money to throw around, and I agree with you. You want to have that positive momentum. So when you get to 2023, if it don't work, then it would be like, bro, like – Cap friendly, threw a lot of money around. You drafted a quarterback last year. Is he playing? Is it like? Are any of your are any of your draft picks outside of Kyle Pitts producing for you? Like, I, I think those are big questions for Terry Fontenot. Like, you had the money to spend. It wasn't because oh, I walked in and they said hey, here's five bucks, go make it happen. You were able to put together a team after the end of this year. If you could keep it just under five hundred, and it still doesn't work, I think you look around and say hey. I think the Falcons, to me, are Jacksonville last year. That, that's the, that's the way I look at it right now. Is you are Jacksonville last year without the quarterback, which you could get. Maybe you got him in Ritter, or could get in the upcoming draft, and you have just loads of money to drop in free agency. So getting getting guys shouldn't be a pro- shouldn't be a problem for Atlanta moving forward. I think this is where you find out about the coaching ability of Arthur Smith, as you said, to keep that team together. And if you can get seven wins out of this bunch. I think that's a heck of a coaching job, quite honestly.
1: Well, it is, Kevin. And look, you're going to learn a lot about Terry Fontenot, too. I mean, the thing is, right, I told you how Jarvis Landry just signed a one-year deal with the Saints, right? Who's going to have money to give him next year? That's going to be the Falcons, right? Michael Thomas right now with the Saints, probably going on an expiring contract. That's why they go out there and get a Chris Olave. Who could give him money next year? Terry Fontenot. You got guys like Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones. And I'm not saying these guys are the most, you know, incredible quarterbacks. But, well, see, what doesn't work for one team works for uh, I got to say, like if
0: you come at me and say my quarterback is going to be Baker Mayfield or Daniel Jones, oh, Ben, I'm oh, like, no, 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 oh. No, no, I
1: no, no, Kevin, Kevin, this is the thing. I'd right? rather get Des-
0: Desmond Ritter out there.
1: This is what you got to ask yourself. Just say they in the quarterback sweepstakes next year. Just say they pick number two, number three. Just say they get in one of uh, C.J. Stroud, uh, you know, uh, Caleb Williams. Uh, Bryce you know, Young. Bryce Young, And just say they go, hey, man, what if we added? a former number one overall pick to start off the year who knows he's in a mentor position and we don't got to give him a lot of money because it's not going to be a lot of suitors. See, when you got money, you can do a whole bunch of things, right? Because I got money to maneuver around right now. I don't know what the hell they got the money to give to give, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, Brian Edwards, because they they ain't working with a lot. But Kevin, like you just said, look competitive and losing. Don't be the worst team in the league pick, you know, Top seven, eight, not top five, with money spending off season in the NFC South, because no matter what nobody say, Tom Brady is closer to leaving than he was, you know, uh, Stan, because now he got incentive to leave with that money going to the booth. I'm telling you, this Falcons team could be a year away from getting back to being a potential, a, a, a potential uh, playoff team.
0: We've got more to come here on 3 and Out. We'll look on the other side, look at the Jags and their schedule. Is this a team that actually projected to win more games? Uh, Vegas hasn't won in six uh, coming up in 2022. Can they take that step forward? They've got a tough stretch, but outside of that, a schedule that's pretty interesting for them. We'll get to that next year 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Great to be back here with you on the program on this Friday. Falcons, as uh, been alluded to last time, made a trade. Earlier today, we'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. So uh, looking forward to that. And the Falcons uh, go out and add a little depth to their wide receiver course. So we'll talk about that coming up. But schedule release yesterday. Jacksonville, obviously the number one overall pick, been. Both the head coach, Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke, saying we're not picking there again as long as I'm here. So they won three. Vegas has them as a six-win team. They open up with the Washington Commanders. Colts, Chargers, Eagles, and Texans in their first five. They get a bye week, a week eleven, so kind of in the middle. But you look at look at this schedule, Ben. I know you like to start off and say, "Look, can I win the quarterback matchup?" Obviously, we're expecting Trevor Lawrence to move forward. And Doug Peterson said, "Hey, thanks with me and Trevor Lawrence going along great so far through you know what a couple of weeks that they've actually been uh, potentially working with each other, but." First look at this Jacksonville schedule. To me, the middle portion, really brutal. Outside of that, yeah, there's some games that are going to be tough, but there's also a lot of games where, with what you've done offensively, with the way you've addressed some things defensively, should be some more winnable games out there for for ville here in 2022. Yeah, I couldn't agree
1: more, Kevin. I mean, starting with the Washington Commanders, I mean, Carson Wentz thought that once he left Indy, he got away from those pesky Jaguars. He get them starting our first game of the year, and I think that's a very favorable win. For a very, very young Jags team in was Colts with Matty Ice. I just that seeing I see that be going real bad for the Jags. I mean <laughs> Matty Ice going to a team that's that was really like a missing piece. Then you got the charge with her, with Herbert and company. I just don't see that going well. Philadelphia is interesting, right? Because Jalen Hurts is a very curious case. While he's good enough to beat you, he's also good enough to lose your games, but he's adding AJ Brown to go along with Devonta Smith, his former teammate, and Jalen Rieger, and uh and I uh, go there and company. Dallas go there. That could that that could be a toss up. I got them beating Houston. I got them losing to Indy twice. <clears throat> Trevor Lawrence. If you can't beat Daniel Jones in the Giants, I I mean I really don't know what to tell you at this point. They got Saquon Barkley. It really really doesn't matter at this point. I don't know what's going on with the Giants. They should beat them. Denver. Russell Wilson. Hey. In London, it's I, in London though. It is in London, but Russell Wilson is a guy. He just needed a change of scenery. They say he already bought the biggest freaking house in Denver already. Like he's got the biggest one. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with Denver. The Raiders. I just seen that being an ugly. I mean, look. I mean, That's Max coming Warwick.
0: off of a trip to London, I and mean, you got to come back.
1: Max Crosby to go along with Max Chrysler to go along with freaking uh Chandler Jones, and that uh, Darren Waller. I mean, and he, I mean, even though Brian Edwards just came over to the five, you just add Devonte Adams. Who gonna cover Devonte Adams? That will be nobody for the Jags. I'm gonna go Kansas City. I don't see them winning. Then they get the bye week. Then you got Baltimore, probably not gonna win that. Detroit, winnable. The Titans, if you can find a way to stop Derrick Henry, winnable. Dallas, that's a toss up. The Jets should be a win. Houston should be a win. So I got him, I got him splitting with Tennessee. I got him actually beating Tennessee once. Well,
0: bit. A bit, a bit, I mean, yeah, you talk about Tennessee. I know you got Derrick Henry, but. If Malik Willis is playing, does that make Tennessee more beatable because they're going with a rookie Absolutely. quarterback? I mean, Absolutely. I, I, and, no, and that's no, a possibility. I'm not saying, you know. A- no, no.
1: The, re- the reason why I say it is this Kevin, look, every rookie quarterback is going to have rookie growing pains. Mac Jones had the best rookie year last year of all the first-round rookies, still had growing pains, right? So Malik Willis, if he is in, that means that one, I mean, Ryan Tannehill put the for sale sign in the front yard. Because you and the missus, y'all gonna have to find y'all somewhere else to you know to call home because they moved on from you. But this schedule outside of Kansas City, outside of you know the AFC West with Kansas City, you know, uh Denver, and, and 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 uh, you know, and uh obviously the Chargers, it's it's you got some games on here, Kevin, that you can win. The reason why I say in conference, right? You've seen these teams. I think Maddie i is gonna fit in really well with Indianapolis, but you you kept in you. Just like Atlanta kept the Saints from going to the playoffs, the Jags literally beat a then Carson Wentz-led Indianapolis Colts team. Beat them last game of the year, and you get Carson Wentz first game of the year against the Commanders. That NFC East is what I'm going to be looking for really when it comes to this young Jags team. I got them beaten. I got them beating the Giants. I got them beating the Commanders. How do they fare well against Philly and Dallas? Because if you can go three out of four against the NFC East, that's pretty good. With Dallas obviously slated to win that thing. But Kevin, <clears throat> it's going to come down to two people, no matter how nobody feel about it. It's going to come down to the arm of Trevor Lawrence and the sack ability of Trevon Walker. Because Trayvon Walker gonna have a lot. He got big shoes to fill because he. when I was a rookie, I didn't play my first game. We went to Miami, and we had to go play Miami a day before because uh, the city of Miami had a hurricane. They had like a hurricane or something coming, so they had to get us in to get us out which I'm thinking to myself, well, why the hell are we going down in the hurricane coming? I mean, we just trying to just play up here in Tennessee. But the thing about a guy like Trevor Lawrence is, he, he's checking off every box but the wins. Not a front runner. Check. Great teammate. Check. Durable. Check. Fighting for his teammates. Check. And he's not a diva. Like he's not, so I think now Kevin is. What do I have? A Trent Baalke? Look, Trent Baalke saying thing like it ain't gonna happen again under my watch. Uh, it happened two years in a row. Like what, <laughs> like what are you talking about? Like it ain't happening again under my watch for Trent Baalke's sake though, Kevin. He better hope it doesn't because with so much promise, with all the money you talked about, how the Jags spent this year with bringing over Zay Jones and Evan Ingram and Christian Kirk and re signing Cam Jordan and so on. I mean, uh, uh, Cam Robinson and so and uh, so forth. You better find a way to get a big win. I mean. Uh, to get more than three wins, right. because this thing. People go Trent Boggy said we're not picking number one. You don't need to be picking two or three either. See, that's the thing. You 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 want to be like kind of like I said about the Falcons. You want to be picking like eight, nine, ten that kind of show some promise. But I do think far different than the Falcons' schedule. I think this schedule for the Jags is way more favorable for them because the AFC South is not what the NFC sure. South is, and I and I just think that the NFC East big names like the Giants. Right. You know, like Dallas, like Philly, like the Commanders. But I just think that the quarterback situation still favors Jacksonville. They're gonna to have to protect Trevor Lawrence, a health of Travis ETM, get some production out of Trayvon Walker. Devin Lord, I think, is the best pick of the first round with what he does coming out of Utah. And if they can go out there and uh you know, stay scratching Kevin. I think they can get to what six, maybe seven
0: wins. Yeah, and look, Ben, this is what I I, I look at uh the Jags again a little bit like the Falcons where we said Arthur Smith won seven games with a rough roster. I mean, the Jags won three games amidst pure dysfunction. Right? I mean, I, like I think people say that and they go, "Oh, it's Jack. like they won three games when you know, reportedly half of the locker room is looking at Urban Meyer like, dude, what are you doing? Like, what what are you like? Seriously, what is happening on a day to day basis?" you won three games despite all of that won yeah. three games you, you beat Buffalo Buffalo was one of the best teams in the league last year and you beat them like beat them, beat them down so, out of
1: the end zone?
0: yeah so it's so like you you beat them down and I, and you you say it's the games that nobody sees coming well are there some of those games for 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 Jacksonville here in in 2022 I think Denver could be one of those it's in London. It's not in Mile High State. It's not like you got to make that trip. I think the week after against the the Raiders could be a total disaster because you're coming back and you don't get an extra you know off time to do that. But Denver in London certainly could be a winnable game. I I I agree with you, Ben. It's the don't let the Texans beat you. Don't let the Jets beat you. Some of those games where you look at it and say, look, if we're serious, like, if, you're, if you're serious, yeah. like if you're yeah. again, if you're serious. Yeah. If Trevor Lawrence, as you put in your list, is a top half quarterback, you don't lose to the Jets. Right? I mean, that's that's there's a hard thing like Aaron Rodgers could have a tough game. He don't lose to the Jets. He might lose to the Steelers. He might lose to the to the to the Ravens, but you don't lose to the Jets. You don't let a team like that you don't lose to the Houston Texans. You don't lose to
1: the Jets for two reasons. One, they're the Jets. You just you just don't. But two, I mean, you know, we, we talk about Zach Wilson. Listen, the number two overall pick in last year's draft. And they're going to be saying, hey, the number two just I means you thought that Trevor Lawrence was better than me. You go head to head with both second year quarterbacks and one get outplayed by the other one. That's going to make Trevor Because the thing about Trevor Lawrence is he got that Trayvon Walker type height. They think that, I man, he's going to take us out of the dark ages. Trayvon Walker got that ceiling. But think about the Browns for a second. The Browns are back to back draft drafted. They get, uh, they get, they get, uh, I mean they want they get Baker Mayfield and maybe like two drafts they get they get uh they get Miles Garrett two number 1 overall picks right one playoff appearance I'm telling y'all your draft your draft order has a lot to do with the culture you draft in the top 5 too much and like I said, it ain't too many teams The Jacksonville are going to look at the schedule and say, we are not losing them. The Jets and the Giants should be two of those teams. They should <laughs> run the city of New York or New Jersey, however you want to look at it, because while they the New York football Giants, and the Jets, they do play in MetLife, you know, up there, you know, East Rutherford. But I just think they're in the middle land. But At the end of the day, Kevin, no matter what, with the money they spent, with the draft picks that they have, they're going to have to show and prove because – If Malik Willis is the quarterback by the time they play Tennessee the second time and they lose to Tennessee, first time by Ryan Tannehill, second time by Malik Willis, that don't give you a lot of confidence because the Falcons are going to have a lot of money in 2023. You cannot say the same thing about them Jets. They,
0: They play the Titans both times in the last half of the season, so they get the Titans pretty close, as you said. But, Ben, I look at it, as you said, the Jets, the Giants, Houston, that should be four wins, right? With the money you've spent, the way you've drafted, you look at that and say that should be four wins, Four Dubs right there, and figure out where you're going to get two or three more, which is possible uh, with that schedule. I, I again, I think as you said, there should be some expectation there on Jacksonville. If you're gonna, if Trevor Lawrence is to take us there, he's got to take you there. He's got to get you away from three wins to six or seven, and hope next year it's uh, nine or ten. The next year. So I, again, I think this is where you see the development of that quarterback spot. We got more to come. We're talking more football. The Falcons made a trade today. Yes, the Falcons. Made a trade to bolster themselves on offense. Did they do enough? We'll break it down next. It's 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here, 3 and Out, on this Friday afternoon. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, Braves coming up later tonight against uh, San Diego. The Padres in town 4-3 over the weekend. We'll have it for you all weekend long right here, six o five with the coverage starting tonight. Afternoon game on uh, Saturday and Sunday. Going to have to get the old uh, Cheerios ready. A little early game on Sunday, 11.30, first pitch on Sunday, or 11 40, We'll have the, or 10, yeah, no, 11.30 30 Saturday mo- or Sunday morning. I'll say that and get it right at some point so I don't confuse the absolute mess out of everybody. But 11 first pitch on Sunday morning. I mean, I think I got that right, Ben. Finally. I mean, Kevin,
1: <laughs> Kevin at the end of the day, this, 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 this. Those people who wanted to ever question Kevin's baseball fandom, <laughs> I want to say when the pandemic first happened, Kevin was up three o'clock in the morning watching Korean baseball. I did watch that some, yeah. Korean baseball, by the way, I'm not, I'm not, but I'm just saying. Kevin say, look, if I can't get the baseball that I love, I'm just gonna get the baseball game that I love. I, Kevin said, I don't know nobody I'm watching, but Kevin, I True. think go three o'clock in the morning. I like, go. The missus get up and go. What are you doing, Korean <laughs> baseball? What? Listen, I gotta have it. So if eleven, Kevin 30, I will say this. I am happy that the Braves are on the East Coast and that we are on the East Coast because the Braves on the West Coast, I would not know nothing about Ronald King Jr. because I couldn't stay up and watch it. So if 1130 on Sunday is early to Kevin Thomas, he's going to be up with the Cheerios, <laughs> with, listen, with the frozen apple pie, no, with, the double fudge, with, the, listen, with the double fudge ice cream, and with the boneless wings ready to wash them brother. That
0: just sounds like a disaster meal waiting to happen. Now, that, that at that the means. end of the Kevin day.
1: Thomas, Kevin Thomas wants something. Bonus chicken wings, which doesn't exist. Double chocolate, Kevin say don't exist. Frozen, frozen. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, ice uh, box uh, pie. That's pie. gross. Frozen apple pie. You know, <laughs> and to top it all off for dessert, he put a nice, juicy, fresh salad.
0: Our <laughs> salad is described as juicy. Is that is that no, a no.
1: well, well, well? I mean, well, are, are I mean, they to, to Sam? How I mean, he he'll pick a salad over a steak because and a burger because he's never had neither. Andy eat, Kevin
0: Andy doesn't eat seafood. Yeah, that's a, all of it a crime.
1: Whenever I, Sam Howell have kids, I don't know if he got kids, his kids were my like, daddy. What the hell wrong with like you? Like, Sam, that Sam
0: Howell's from the South, right? Like, he's never had catfish. No, yeah,
1: he's, from, he's from North Carolina.
0: I'm saying, but he's never, like, I don't know if he went, like, never had fried catfish, like, just no, he
1: said, as a he kid. Said, oh, he, he said, look, he said, I don't eat seafood. Uh huh. I've never had beef or steak. Nope. And I've only had chicken
0: fingers. That's ridiculous. You know, he eats chicken. He eats more than chicken, but he only eats, yeah. He brings chicken fingers along when he knows, like, he needs that chicken option. That's uh, problematic. I mean, he
1: but, walked into me I said, pull out your pocket. That boy got chicken strips in his
0: pocket. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Falcons made a trade today, Ben. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of people say, wait, they're making trades now? But, yes, the Falcons pick up Brian Edwards from the Raiders in exchange for for a fifth-round pick in next year's draft. So they, and they actually got a seventh-round pick from the Raiders as well. So they get Brian Edwards and a seventh-round pick, and the Falcons send a fifth-round pick in next year's draft to the Raiders. But this is yet another guy, 6'3", 215. You start looking at the lineup for Falcons receivers, 6'3", 6'4". I think even uh, their shortest, quote, receiver now is Cordell Patterson, who's 6'1", one. But he's, two, what, 225, so he's a yeah, thicker yeah, body. Yeah, so, thick. yeah. so so you have a big wide receiver. I think, to me, when you look at, the and again, maybe this is just how o- Oakland used him in this first two years, not a whole lot of catches. I think he had 37 for about 500 yards last year, Ben, but averaged 16 yards per catch last year, and as a rookie was at like 17.2. So this is a guy, again, I'm not speaking for Drake, Drake London or Auden Tate, but I don't think the Falcons foresee them as a guy or as guys who are going to average 16 yards a catch, right? I mean, again, maybe I'm wrong, but I think Drake London is the big body. I'm going to out you. And if I get lots of yak, then that's great. But this seems to be like a move to give you a guy that can force a safety to hang back there in coverage because he can run, he might be able to run by you. But I mean, 16 yards a catch is pretty impressive. Uh, even in a short, amount of time in the league. So a decent receiver to come in. How do you kind of view this trade that the Falcons pulled off today, obviously ahead of training camps?
1: If, if, he, if he can say health is a slam dunk, Kevin, because I think the one thing that people don't really want to understand is what Ryan Tannehill said about Malik Willis, that's not the National Football League. I'm sorry. Brian, Brian Edwards understands two things. One, I get a chance to go out there and compete for start staff Two, I got to show Drake London how to run routes at our size and so look man we're big guys. we're, we're bigger receiver. we're bigger body receivers i got to show you how it's supposed to look i know you can do it but i want to show you how it's supposed to look and i want to show you how it's supposed to look consistently and i want to show you how to beat double teams and i want to show you how to get into your route i want to show you how to be dependable because the thing about sports i'm going to give people something and this is free game <laughs> if you ever wanted to know why you do or do not play it comes down to one word trust if those coaches don't trust you, you're not playing. And that's any level of football. So what Brian Edwards is there to do is say, look, man, the greatest level of confidence a player can have is if I got a player who I know is competing for snaps with me to play the same position in the same meeting room, and I'm still giving them the game. How can he be better? And if he's better than me, he's better than me. If he's more talented than me, he's more talented than me. But Brian Edwards is coming in for, one, his leadership, and two, he got to show Drake London how to get it done. Might need to be showing all the tape, cause Kevin. I know we talking about Drake London, all the tape. He's kind of similar to Brian Neville. Neither one has been um, headliners. They've been they've been key contributors. So if I am if I'm a six four, six five receiver, I don't want to be watching no Jarvis Landry running no routes. He's six feet five eleven. No, I'm a big body receiver. So basically, what the Foggers are saying now is. If you're six one, and you can't and you can't run the football and catch the ball, can't play for us. Ask Cordell. Cordell got to be more than a one trick pony. But if you are 6'2", 6'3", and above, you can play tight end. You can play receiver. Why? Because uh, Brian Edwards. Brian Edwards. I mean, he's the he's a, he's uh he's, he's six three. I mean, Kyle Pitts is all the six five, six six. Drake London is all the six four, six five. All the are all the six. So Kevin, like I said, they said what we lack in speed. We make up in catch radius, route running, and being big bodied receivers. We got we got to see it. We got to see it out there in the flesh, Kevin, because this year, Brian Evans has already been told by Arthur Smith, you're playing in the preseason. Because last year, that stuff didn't <laughs> work for me. I'm not trying to be cute. But I will say this establishing what you want your quote skill position players to look like, that's important. So I appreciate it. If you Brian Edwards, he went from saying, "Hey man, I don't know how I worked into this offense," to I got a chance to be a starter. I just got to know how to mentor this young boy named Drake London, who's gonna, who's gonna, who's gonna either beat. Listen, he's either gonna be in front of me or on the other side of me. That, that, that's how you look at. It. He's either gonna be on the other side of me or in front of me because, well, I was a third round pick two years ago, and he was the first. Uh, Pete taking that receiver in this year's draft. So I like the pick, Kevin. I think Terry Fontenot was trying to show him. Hey, man, I got a little moxie to me. And if Brian Ells can go out there and bowl, he, he can wear that red and black for a couple more seasons because of 2023. Because Brian Ells is still under his rookie deal. He wanted, Listen, you don't think everybody – I'm not talking about Devontae Adams. I'm not talking about Tyreek Hill. Everybody trying to get what uh, Christian Kirk got to go to Jacksonville. I won't. I'll take 85 million when I've never been. <laughs> when I've never been a headliner. I mean, I'll take less than that. I mean, if we if we if we keep it up. But at the, at the same time though, Kevin Terry Fontenot is saying, look, I'm just looking around the landscape. If I can build a culture in 2022, and I got that money in 2023, Tom Brady hopefully has got the hell on and moved on to TV. They got a shot to be real good in 2023. 2022 though, I think they I think they just land the final. Yeah, in.
0: and you didn't give up a whole lot. Uh, you you swapped, you got a player, and you gave up a draft pick. And uh, really, you didn't give up a draft pick. You moved farther back. You got a later round draft pick for a fifth round draft pick. So you kind of swapped around draft picks, and you get a player that hopefully comes in and helps you out uh, right now. So a little bit of an interesting move there by Terry Fontenot. Again, uh, you had to be creative if you're uh, Atlanta this year, right? You had to figure out a way to make moves happen to keep you under the cap. And so far, he's been able to do some of that and get – you know, work work magic with what little he's had to uh, to work with as far as cap space is concerned. We've got more to come. We're we'll catching down towards Braves baseball when we come back. Braves and Padres getting ready for a big weekend series in Atlanta. We'll tell you about that and more when we return. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. We are streaming live at ESPNcoastal.com. Hit us up on Twitter at PigSkin Radio and catch us streaming live on Facebook and Twitter as well. Good to have you back here, 3 and Out, on this Friday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you're making us a part of your day. Braves coming up in just a little bit. We are done here. 6.05, a little afternoon baseball at 4 o'clock tomorrow for you with the Braves as well. And don't forget, Sunday, they are early baseball, 11.30, first pitch on Sunday morning as they wrap it up against the Padres. You Darvish, Max Freed, your pitching matchup tonight should be a really uh, good one there. And then... Uh, what was I? I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, it's Friday the thirteenth. That's why I can't think, Ben, because it's you know it's finally getting to me. <laughs> it's, it's, All the vibes are coming down, and I'm I'm it's, blanked out. It's,
1: it's superstitious out. not to remember the pitch, the pitcher matchup on Friday the thirteenth. Is it? No, it's not. <laughs> I, that's that crazy superstition. Like I said, Kevin, we we didn't realize that we got introduced to weirdos back in the day through superstitions. And if you say, "Well, it didn't," Ben, I'm superstitious. You're a weirdo. Because that stuff, is not doing anything. Oh, until you, until you, and, and unless your team is like my team that's never won a World Series, well, that just means your team stinks. It has nothing to do with curses. Can't beat teams like this. Don't get mad at us. We got the bling, and you got the sting of not being able to win that thing. Don't get mad at us.
0: So if the Braves lose tonight, is it Friday the 13th? Is that what you're saying? Or just, hey, we got the championship.
1: If the Braves lose tonight, it will be because Kevin and went, went to the restaurant and ordered bonus wins. That's <laughs>
0: So it's a, it's a boneless wings curse. Is that a Friday the Thirteenth superstition? Don't uh, don't eat uh, boneless wings on Friday the Thirteenth.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. C- if Kevin ordered boneless wings and Sam Howell ordered chicken strips, they're
0: ordering <laughs> the same thing. Or you know, if, if if you go find out Sam Howell's ordering a steak today, Friday the Thirteenth, and you know, oh
1: yeah, now if Sam Howell's ordering a steak. I would eat his steak. That that that's that's beyond steak. That's not real steak. That's a bunch of that's a bunch of chickpeas made into a patty <laughs> and fried.
0: <laughs> oh God, we got the Braves coming up. Uh, we got like a minute left, and uh, we got the Braves coming up tonight. No, Ronald Acuna just taking another night off apparently to rest that uh, that strain growing that he had uh, earlier. So getting three full days off. Uh, Brian Snicker saying, "Look, not going to pinch hit." So God forbid the Braves are down one in the ninth and need a hit. I guess Orlando. I guess I guess Acuna yeah. is not going to be it. Uh, because he doesn't want it to come off the bench cold. I mean, I understand some of it, but at the same time, I'm like, come on, man. Like, in the modern game, if you don't want to be th- – like, go in the locker room. There's, like, exercise bikes and everything to get stretched out and loose in there. There's no coming – there's no coming off cold off the bench anymore. Is there, right? I mean, in, in professional sports, yeah, that's what I swing thought. Swing the
1: bat. Yeah. Swing the freaking bat.
0: <laughs> Let's go. Come on, man. If you hit it over the fence, you don't even have to run.
1: Exactly. hit it over the fence, you can try it.
0: <laughs> Braves and the Padres coming up in about seven minutes from right now uh we will have that for you uh as it's you Darvish and Max Fried have a wonderful weekend everybody we will see you on Monday and do it all over again right here on three and out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network streaming live ESPN Coastal.com